Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. Seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. We are here yet again. I am A.J. Orsini. I am bequeathing. Episode 168 to you guys. We're going to talk about the shit I forgot to talk about before. I got to get this stealing the moves conversation in here. We're talking AEW. We're talking Impact. We're talking NXT War Games. All kinds of shit. And a special announcement. A special holiday announcement for you members of the Squad of O. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a city's uncensored mind. Welcome to our series on Friends of Mind, and now your host, AJ Ocini. How the hell is everybody up there? These are your boys, your main men, the Dive Soul Brothers, who is specifically exactly the same exact mother. I am AJ Ocini, once again, here with Brother Dave as we present episode 168. Here for Orsini's Uncensored Mind. My son is in my face grilling me right now because I just yelled crazy loud in his room. And he is disturbed by all of that. But we are here to talk all kinds of crazy shit. Of course, I'm back here with Brother Dave. Brother Dave, how are you feeling? Feeling great. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. He's ready to go. He is a so hyped. He's energetic. This dude's been screaming for the last few minutes he's like a pent-up wild animal he's trying to get this wrestling shit out of his system he's ready to he about ready to explode folks but i've mm. got i've got to give myself an old slap on the wrist mm. i'm an old slap, slap on the wrist here oh your, your your old guy here uncle o here made a bit of a boo-boo i fucked up <laughs> Okay. I fucked up in a big way because I re- I literally amped last week's episode off of one major thing that I was going to talk about and then never talked about it. We got so wrapped up in more our Eunice's, yeah, about, more, so more know, important yeah. things were talked about. But I I don't like having the whole point of a rundown sheet is to hit the bullet points of the rundown sheet. Well, listen, sometimes you just got to go live. Yeah, so fuck it. Is that, what is that Bill O'Reilly? You just gotta go fucking for fuck it. We'll do it sometimes live. You just gotta go live, sometimes, man. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta fucking 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 fuck fuck fucking fuck do it. Okay, so what, what we were what I missed last week. Okay, I'm gonna start off by asking the simple question to you, brother Dave. Are you big with the social medias? Are you on there mm. often? No, I I need to get on there more. To be honest with you, one of the things I look at the most is your thing on Facebook because the notifications pop up, and I hate those little red bubbles on your phone. So oh, I check right. those. I check those pretty often, but past that, not really. No, not really. No. See, I know you've got a, I know you've got a Facebook, and I know yes. you, I, you have, I have an Instagram, an Instagram, and I have a Twitter for my YouTube. I have not gotten into the habit of using them properly yet still trying to wrap my mind around other things but as far as like surfing and checking things out and kind of staying updated with the random stuff that people love to stay interested in Mm -hmm. 
no, not so much. I'm a little bit too occupied to sit there and flip through that. So okay, well the 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 the, the warning label I always give people who are not really on it, but they know they have to do it at the very least for professional purposes. Mm-hmm. I always tell people the same thing. It's a cesspool. It's a disgusting world of vulgarity and indecency. There are some heathens that have access to social media. And I happen to have quite a few of them on my page because most of my social media, I'll be honest with you, is predominantly professional reasons. You know, I, I have the show here. I do the wrestling stuff on the side. So I have a lot of different means in which you can catch up with what I'm doing or contact me for bookings, which, by the way, folks, if you're listening to this, that's ajorcd96host at gmail.com for, Shameless book, plug. For, for, for bookings and other inquiries you'd like to pass over to the show. That's the email to do that. But uh, also you can check out ajoum.pompy.com for this and previous episodes. You can also check out prowrestlingtees.com backslash ajoum for the current Blue comic book tee and classic logo gray tee. That's all available. I don't plug myself enough, to be honest with you. So I saw an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of went with that <laughs> one. Let's hey, pay all those it. bills. Early. We're going live. Fuck it. So the reason why I bring this up is because we did the breakdown just last week of Survivor Series 2020. It's in the books uh, and, and forever to be forgotten about until the history of time. Uh, that's a pay-per-view that took place. That's what we know. And that's about it. But I did make mention of the finish from the New Day Street Profits matchup, Tag Team Champions versus Tag Team Champions. And I posted on my social media, more specifically my Facebook, that I was digging this match. I loved it, as a matter of fact, because that was midway through the match when I said I was digging it. By the end of it, I'm going to go ahead and... We said it last week. I, I loved it. I thought it was... I To me, it was the best match of the night. You had a different best match, but that's fine. You still enjoyed this match, did you not? Yeah, it was a good match for it was sure. A good match. Definitely I entertaining. It. I dug it. That was cool. Two good tag teams. I'm not a New Day person, right. so it, they're not for me. I respect them. I like what they do. I like, I like what they do outside of the ring as well, as far as entertainment plus their own individual stuff with like their YouTube channels and stuff like that with yeah. the up, up, down, down. Like I like all that stuff. I'm just not a New Day guy. Yeah, with so the pancakes I, and the dildos and the all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I get, it. I get it. I get it. No, I get it. Your any new day fan has their masculinity challenge on a daily basis. This is a fact. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone knows that. So uh, we get to the finish here, and for those of you who either don't remember or did not see, Street Profits won this matchup with a super blockbuster. Now that is where Dawkins, in this case, usually I'd give a blank general description, but in this case, it's an actual move that happened, so I'll explain what happened here. Dawkins picked up, I believe it was Xavier Woods, in a powerbomb position. So he's got him up, uh, right there, legs over the shoulder, like he's going to powerbomb him, and he's got his back toward the corner, and Ford jump off the top rope, hits him with a blockbuster, and Dawkins comes down with the powerbomb. It's a double-team tag-team move. They uh, put him down with this move. It was the finish of the match, which is the most important piece of the conversation we are about to have because it was the finish of this match. And I said on the internets, I did not like the finish, but I love the match. That's all that was said, folks. Can I start off by asking, was it a coincidence? Was this innocent? Or is there some correlation there? I believe it or not, even though, because remember, all I wrote was, didn't like the finish. Like, I just wrote, I love this match. 
I was with this match up until the end. Didn't like the finish, right? Right. But that's right. all I wrote in my head when I wrote that, and what, and when I first saw it, what I was thinking, I was thinking pure outright innocence. I just right. thought this is something that they've seen. At this point of the match, they've thrown everything but the kitchen sink of the New Day and couldn't beat them. So they pulled out something new, something different, something devastating, and it worked. Right? That was the storytelling of the match. So I dig it. It's whatever. But it ain't their move. Right. And it's somebody else's move that they use regularly. Now, I would have, I didn't like it, but I wasn't upset by it. I would have been upset had they had it either not been a finish or it would have been something they did earlier where they just kick out and it was just something that just happened. They just utilized They basically just wiped their asses with the move and that's about it. Then I would have been a little bit more perturbed, I guess you could say. But the way that it was used, the way that it was done, yeah, completely innocent. It was just something that they, they've probably seen somewhere. I doubt very seriously they even know it's Santana and Ortiz that do it. They just seen it somewhere on the YouTube or something and just said, fuck it, let's try that. And that's what they went with, and that's it. Innocent. They haven't done it since, so it's not even like a big deal. Right. It was just something I said. I was like, oh, I didn't like that, but that's cool. Not one, not two, but three trolls came a-knocking at my door mm. uh, based on that one comment. All of them with different responses. All of them equally dumb. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't treat the internet like, even though I'm on it a lot, I don't treat it like my life. So it was a passing statement. I literally posted it, put my phone down, and did, I don't know, anything else. I wasn't even on my phone. I come back right after that match was over, and I'm blown up. I'm like, like you said, those stupid notifications. So I check out the notifications, and I'm not going to name names. But what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to describe the conversation by saying, moron number one, moron number two, and moron number three. Now, let me just proceed by saying, I know all three of these individuals. This isn't like these are new people who just commented. I comment, I comment and conversate with these people all the time. So their ignorance is not new to me. The problem is, is they got aggressive this time. People don't normally... Especially people that I know. They don't normally get this aggressive because they know that I make time for shit like this. I got time. <laughs> I will correct you every step of the way until you yield or delete your account. We're going we're gonna to keep going with this until you tire of it because you're wrong. And I'm going to continue to let you know you're wrong. So moron number one, first one, came at me with, well, did they invent the move? That was the basis of his... There are no... His exact sentence. There are no original moves anymore, Orsini. Everyone's using the same moves. Uh-huh. So my response to that, basically, is not to combat. Because there's some merit to that. You know, there's not a whole lot of innovation left to do in wrestling. There's been a yeah, lot but of almost, things. But almost in every single one of those scenarios you can bring up, I can tell you, I promise you that I've seen it and I don't like it. It's something that really turns me off. It's the reason why I, no matter how good he gets, I will never like Jey Uso and I will never like the Young Bucks because of how often 
they throw that super kick. Yeah. I'm sorry. It'll never happen. I don't care if they shoot the best promos. I don't care if they come become the greatest skilled wrestlers in the world. As long as they keep using those moves right. as frequently as they do, I will not like them. That's just me. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. I So to that point, I hate... When people use especially famous finishers as a standard attack. Yeah. I, I just don't like it. That's part of the reason I wasn't that upset with this finish because they, they used it as a finish. It wasn't like they did something blatantly disrespectful with the move. They right. did it. They moved on. They haven't even used it since. It was a desperation move, and it worked, and they told a good story with it. I got no beef and no problem with anybody involved except for right. the people that are complaining about it. So more on number one, I, all my only response was, well, you're not in the industry, so you wouldn't understand. Which should have been the end of the conversation, because I'm telling you, your point of view is skewing you from understanding my point of view. Okay? My status is my point of view. You cannot counter my point of view with yours if you're not looking through the same lens that I'm looking through. You're a fan. You don't understand why the taking of moves means anything. Because like you just said, as a fan, well, there are no original moves. Everyone's doing the same shit. So to you, you see the wrestling business like this, whatever this is, right? You, this is how you see it, all right? You see it as red. I see blue. We're looking at two different point of views. So you cannot tell me I'm wrong in my point of view if you can't see my point of view. That's the, whole, that's the explanation of, well, you're not in the business. You don't understand. Because I know right. fans hate to hear that because they think they know the business. They don't. They, you, I don't. I could sit here and explain the business for an hour and they still wouldn't know it. Right. That's not how that works. You have to do this. You watched every episode of House. Congratulations. You're not a fucking doctor. I don't care how inside, I don't care how many YouTube videos you watch. I don't, it does, does not make you a fucking physician. You do not understand where I'm coming from. Right. And <clears throat> the whole, well, people still moves all the time, which was moron number two. Moron number two as well. He, he was the analogy guy. You saw the stream. I showed it to you. Well, were you mad when this guy did this? Or were you mad when this guy did that? Yes. <laughs> Just like you said a second ago about the Young Bucks and Jay Uso. Yes. Just because you haven't been keeping up with what I've been saying publicly doesn't mean I haven't said it publicly. I still don't like it. This is not a situation of Street Profits and Ortiz and Santana. This is an overwhelming wrestling thing. It's when, a problem. It's a really guy, big problem. When some guy makes a move hot, I don't give a shit if he invented it or not. If he makes it hot and he makes it his and you take it just to bastardize it or to capitalize off of his shit, I do not like it. He stopped making comparisons when I threw it in his face. Hey, if you want to throw comparisons out there, let's throw the most popular one out there when Punk started using the go-to-sleep in the WWE. Is it his move? Absolutely not. But you know what he did? He called Kenta on the fucking phone and said, Hey, brother, I know we're in two different spots, but I'd love to use that move over here. And Kenta said, Go for it. That's how that works. It now, works like we... that in every locker room. And I keep trying to explain this to people. They don't understand. This is not even a WWE thing. If I go into an indie company, indie company, just regular-ass independent wrestling company, I just got a booking to this place, right? 
I got a name for myself, right? I'm, I'm the manager of a tag team, right? One of my guys, one of his moves is a frog splash, right? That's one of his top moves. You know who I'm talking about. One of his top moves is a frog splash. If I go into a company, an indie company, that I've never been to before, ever, and I come in the door, and the promoter says, hey, I got a great match for you. These two guys right here, you guys are going to do great. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with tonight. Just do me one favor. He can't frog splash. My, my champion uses the frog splash. Guess what? I can't walk up to the promoter and say, excuse me, sir, but everyone's stealing moves. <laughs> I can't go to the promoter and just be like, hey, sir, there's no original move. Did that guy invent the frog splash? No. <laughs> so I think I can do the frog splash, sir. Also, I I'll, hate, I'll take I my hate 20 bucks. Those type of arguments. I hate those type it's of arguments. That type of argument is literally the same as like, yo, I don't like flying. Why? You're more likely to die in a car than in a plane. Yes, but I can still die in the fucking plane. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking <laughs> about? Like, what? I was like, first of all, mathematically, that doesn't make any sense. Of it's course so you dumb. are more likely to die in a car. I'm in a car 98% more than I'm in a plane. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't eat any more of this food. You know, people in Africa are starving. I'm still not eating the ham, Debbie. Jesus Christ. Like, I hate... It's the dumbest fucking argument you can possibly I can't stand when people use those types of arguments. I told the dude, I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to steal your fucking car. And I'm going to look at me with a straight face and tell me, hey, you can't do that. Why? Did you invent this fucking car? Did you create... Did you build this car from the ground up? No, I bought the car. Yeah, but did you make it? Did you make this car? Is it an original car? You built this shit with your own hands and you didn't buy the screws from Home Depot. You welded. You welded the metal together with your bare fucking hands. No, you didn't, you fucking goon. But it's still yours, right? Are you the only one with a Honda Elantra on planet Earth? No, right? But this is still your Honda, right? So what the fuck are you talking about? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Which brings me to three. Speaking of not making sense. Because three decided to come in and troll in the conversation. And didn't know what the conversation was. Which is another level of stupidity. Spent the whole conversation asking who the fuck I was talking about that even used the move. Then when one of the other morons said it out loud... Now that he's in, now he knows the guys. Now he's in the loop. Now it's time to activate full Facebook troll mode and just go full throttle. Well, that's a dumb thing to say. Burr, 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 burr. First of all, sir, you're disqualified immediately for not being, you weren't even invited to the conversation. You don't even know what we're arguing about. So that troll was the easiest to combat because all you got to do is just say logical shit and it fucks with their programming. They don't understand common sense. The first moron that we talked about with the whole you're not in the business so you don't get it deal, he bowed out first because he, there's no comeback to that. You don't know what you're talking about. You have an opinion of what you like and what you don't like, but you don't know what you're talking about. So he was gone. Analogy guy was gone. I said already when I threw the CM Punk thing at him, and then there was nothing else for him to have to say about that. So now I've defeated two foes. Now it's just me and moron number three. Mono y mano. Doofus to king. One-on-one on Facebook, social media here. And he's the usual internet troll. Just kept going and kept going and kept going. Attacking, which is the next thing. I love when people do that because that's the immediate defeat. Immediate defeat. Oh, you're just being hypocritical because the move they stole is from your boys. Which, for the record, is not even a part of the equation. 
because I've spoken to them since, but that night when they did that, I, I didn't even bother because I know Zantana and Ortiz, it, it, and I know they were watching it because I, the, during the course of that whole thread, another friend of mine hit me up, uh, my DMs there, messaged me, and says, you know, you're arguing with these people about Santana, and he's watching it right now live because he was in this dude's house watching it live. And he's like, he's standing right here watching the show. I said, okay, well, did he see it? He goes, yeah. I said, what did he do? He just shook his head and laughed and then went to the next room to go get a beverage. He was low on the beer. So he went to go, he went to freshen up his drink. That's it. And I knew that's what it was going to be. They don't give a shit. They were only going to give a shit if it became a thing. Right. But people, like they said, people steal stuff all the time. But that doesn't mean I can't, that doesn't mean you have to sit there and fucking like it. Who does that? Right. Who fucking does that? Who gets something stolen from them and then goes, well, you know what? Not for nothing. I had it coming. Right. Who does that? And it's more more of like a bully thing, right? Like, what exactly do you... What exactly do you want them to do about it? They see it. They probably don't like it. But what can they do? Nothing. It is what it is. They just got to move on. So he's not going to throw a hissy fit. Why do that? It does nothing but hurt him. Here's where the business changes or has changed. So when people say the business has evolved, this is kind of the stuff that I agree with to a degree because I dislike it. In the early days... Okay, in the early days, I'll give you a prime example. Ric Flair was the NWA uh, heavyweight champ for a number of years in the 80s, right? If anybody from the WWF, out of nowhere, just decided, I'm going to bust out a figure four live on pay-per-view. I'm just going, whatever, right? It's just, or, or Circle, Circle TV, whatever. They just bust out a figure four. Flair wouldn't have had to have said shit. Because someone in that locker room would have been like, hey, do me a favor. Knock that shit off. Don't go out there and do the shit that this guy's doing. Do what you do. And if you do nothing, then get the fuck out of the way. That is supposed to be handled inside the locker room. Now, I'm not saying that it didn't, but I also can't say if it did. I don't know if it was even brought up, if it was even a thing. That's why I didn't make it a thing. I just said I didn't like it, and I went about my business. But to the bigger topic or the bigger point here, this is just another example. See me, me. I tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something about me. When I'm one of those people, when I literally say I don't give a shit what people think, I truly and honestly mean that. I laughed the entire thing. They were fucking visibly fucking angry. Emojis, capital letters, all the regular internet ways to let people know that you are expressing distraught and anger were all thrown my way. Even angry gifts were thrown my way. But I made time for it. Because you're not going to come onto my page and tell me that I'm wrong about a fucking opinion. That's just... Because it wasn't a fact. I just stated I didn't like it. And newsflash, folks, it's December 5th. I still don't like it. Not a fucking thing was changed about that entire scenario. I just don't... At the end of the day, dude, like, honestly, I just really don't understand... Why? Like it just didn't. Yeah. No one got what anything. What was the end from goal? It. Was it I gonna go? You know what? You guys have changed. It's just my it, and it read. It read so aggressive. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> and then and then if you ask someone, if you ask that person, like, yo, why are you upset? They're probably like, well, I'm not upset. But but the way you're 
where is that emotion coming yeah. from if you don't feel any type of weird way about someone's opinion? I really just yeah. don't understand it. It was confusing to me. I, even when you told me you wanted to talk about it, I literally said, like, why? Like, it, just, it, like, it, does, it doesn't matter how – listen, if there's one thing I've learned in this world is that when you have someone who could get so aggressive mm -hmm. over something that literally makes no sense – you can't convince that person of anything. You are literally wasting your time having a conversation. Just, just walk away. <laughs> like that's all more, you can more do. On number three, typed three times the amount of information that I typed on my own status, and then ended it by saying I'm the one bitching. How am I the one bitching? You're matching my one comment with three. Every chance that you get, you've spent so much time on my status. I'm the one bitching. It doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. So anyway, yeah. Speaking of stealing concepts, well, actually, we're talking about stealing moves, but stealing concepts. NXT's back at it again. NXT this Sunday live on the WWE Network December 6th. We are live from whatever facility. I don't know. Are they back at uh, Full Sail? I'm not even sure anymore, and I don't really care. I haven't seen much of NXT. Uh, NXT has lowered itself. It's become, it's literally now, I've been saying for forever it's not a brand, and now they've they literally perform. it's literally become a, a, a developmental now, and I can't bear to watch it. I, I'm having a hard enough time with the takeovers. I can't watch the week to week. I've been trying, but this Sunday gives me a pay-per-view that is very fond in my heart, War Games. Have you had a chance to see any of the previous NXT War Games? No, oh no. no, 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 I thought you were asking me something else. My bad, I was about to fucking unload. No, no, I have not seen the other war games. All right, what are you trying to unload on? What about this situation? Uh, just you? NXT in general, man. It's it's getting so bad to me that I I have trouble putting it on. Like the desire, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather go to the network and watch something much more interesting, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's interviews with wrestlers or stuff about the undertaker or past smackdowns or something like that that entertain me than to sit there and watch this like yeah. this is it's it's below developmental like i don't even think this needs to be on tv like there are a few people who you could literally take them out of here put them in the and in, in the main brand have them on lesser matches and build them like you're like you would normally do and just get rid of everything else and be perfectly fine. Like, but anyway, I'm, I just, I'm venting about NXT. I so. need them off of the USA Network. This was a I need them off TV because yeah, I, I don't want to feel the pressure of having to watch this. <laughs> I need them off TV. Well, I, I, I'm not pressuring you to watch it. So if you're watching, no, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm just in general. Yeah. Like, I want to watch, I want to stay up to date. I've been watching so much I of the stuff and enjoying it, but man, they could literally take like five or six of these people and just move them to the main brand, get rid of this shit or not get rid of it. Just get it off TV and use it as a training ground. Cause you don't need it's it. What it's what it's supposed to be. Gargano, Champa, and the Undisputed Era need to get off of this fucking program because there's no one, there's no one they can fight with. Gargano was doing this thing with Leon Ruff. I don't care. Champa is doing, I don't even remember. I think it's Velveteen Dream. I, I'm not paying attention. And the Undisputed Era, dope. 
but they've got no one to go against. This new group with Pat McAfee and who's who is you know. Let's get right into it. Actually, when you really want to think about it, because I believe let me pull this up here. Yeah, that's pretty much going to be your main event for the show. I don't normally start with the main event, but I don't give a shit. We're not going to be talking about this long. War Games, uh, it's going to be four-on-four. It's the tradition. Well, not traditional, because they made their own fucking tradition. It's still two rings with a cage around it with no top, which still bothers me. I I don't like it with the no top. I get it's better to shoot, and it's easier for those off-the-cage spots, but I don't need off-the-cage spots. Uh, the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish versus Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan. This They've had three War Games uh, pay-per-views, I guess you could say, in a row, this time of year, every year. Undisputed Era has been in all of them. It's become their game. Uh, they've been the heels for the first two. This is the first time they're entering the War Games as the babyfaces. And I hate. I love Pat McAfee. I love Pete Dunne. I love Danny Burch. And I love Odie Lorcan. I don't like the four of them fucking together. This makes no sense. It's a mixed mosh of all kinds of goofiness. And it does not fit. This does not. I'm not hyped for this match at all. Is this basically Survivor Series? It does, well, this used to be the takeover before Survivor I'm Looking Series. at this right now, it's really reminding me of Survivor Series. It's a, it, this is the <clears throat> takeover that used to be on before Survivor Series. Uh, NXT apparently feels it's gotten so big it doesn't want to go on before WWE pay-per-views anymore. So it just didn't go on before Survivor Series this year. It's a standalone pay-per-view. It'll be on tomorrow night. <clears throat> and, uh, and I'm talking about it on the show, and I, I usually when I do this, I try to get hyped about it while talking about it. I got nothing. Uh, this... I'm sure it'll be a lot of crazy Dude, spots. In look here, at but... this card. You know how I feel about multi-man matches. Hopefully, yeah, the whole pay-per-view is freaking multi-man matches. Well, you guys gotten the point at this point too. I'm sure they're not gonna go in that. I'm sure they're not gonna go in that order. There's no way they play the card out in that in the order mm. of two war game matches back to back. No, that would uh, they usually high. usually the uh, last the last year was the first time they had two. Uh, where it had women and men, and the women opened the show last year, and then they closed with the guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I can actually foresee them reversing that this year. I don't know if anyone truly gives a shit about this War Games match. I could see Undisputed Era opening up the show first with this and then closing with the women. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more interested in the women's one than I am the the, the men's one. So I can see them flipping it. Uh, let's talk about the women's one team Shotzi. Okay. Before I read this all out. Okay. I, w- I want people, if there's going to be a snapshot from this show, I want this to be it. You remember what I said about Chris Tang? Our, our lovely Sega Genesis world champion from, uh, the high score thing we did. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Remember all that supposed negativity. I fed that poor man on the episode. Mm. Okay, copy and paste times two to Shotzi oh, Blackheart. Shit. I do not like what? this bitch whatsoever. And yes, I use the B word. I am sorry. I do not. I do not like her. I do not like her. I will not watch her in a house. I will not watch her with a mouse. I will not watch her here nor there. I will not watch her anywhere. I hate Shotzi Blackheart. I hate her get up. I hate her face. I hate her tank. I hate her existence. I am so angry the state of Florida has not handled this yet. She's breathing up all the oxygen. I think she started COVID. 
I really believe this. <laughs> I don't mean to start the accusations, but she's annoying. Know. She's like, she's uh, she's obviously gimmicky. Love I think her. that's what I'm it like, is for oh me. She's God. obviously gimmicky. She can't work. She can't fucking wrestle at all. She can't do anything. You know how many times I've seen her in a regular match environment almost kill herself, and now they're going to put her ass in a fucking cage. And she's the fucking team captain. They have Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai, who is the women's champion, by the way, on this team, with Ember Moon, who was a former champion on this. Of the four, she is the least experienced by a mile. She's the captain of the fucking team. Christ almighty. Team Candice, her opponents... Mrs. Gargano, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Vanilla Cake herself, Tony Storm. My God in heaven. Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. Death by Snoo Snoo. That's how I want to go. Vanilla Cake. I call, her, I call her Vanilla Cake, Tony Storm, baby. My goodness. Her, you know what's funny? Her hips do not. Uh, not too long ago, when we actually when I started watching again and we started doing this, I don't know why I thought it. And I was like, whatever happened to that one girl? I saw her like once or twice and I haven't seen her in a while. And then I think it was like an NXT or two ago. I saw her have a match. I'm like, oh, yeah, there she is. <laughs> I haven't seen her. I, didn't, I forget what brand she was on. That's that's how long it took. Uh, it's been since Well, I've seen she her. just got to NXT due to COVID. She couldn't leave. Where, where the hell was she in Australia? That's where she's from originally, Australia. So uh, she, and she was on, okay. and she was originally on NXT UK. Uh, they brought her to NXT, and then the pandemic hit, so she couldn't perform on the shows. She just recently got back to the states, so she's doing the NXT shows. But they turned her heel, so she's going to be with Team Candice in this particular match. I guarantee you, this will be the better match between the guys and the gals. Uh, last year, they opened up with quite possibly the greatest War Games match I've ever seen with the ladies last year. And then I was like, I know the guys in the back have got to be pissed because they're like, oh, fuck. How are we going to top that? And then they did. So it was a du- if you're going to see any War Games show that they've done, watch last year's because last year's was ridiculous. Last year's fucking uh, War Games pay-per-view was fucking awesome. This one, I don't know what the hell this is. So those are your two War Games matches. We have a triple threat match between a grown between a grown man, Damian Priest, a slightly slightly grown man in Johnny Gargano, and then what I can only suggest is a Kleenex tissue who will be defending the championship. He's the defending champ. The the Kleenex tissue is a is the defending champ. This dude, have you seen Leon Ruff? I saw I saw this when he got the belt. I yeah, watched that. Uh huh. It was like they put the belt around. Do you see the uh, the part where the belt was falling down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he put his hands up and yeah. it fell. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much they care about the NXT North American Championship. I've got nothing yeah. for this. You got anything for this? No, I'm okay. A, I'm okay. And I told you, I told you before. Anything that has to do with Gargano, I'm over it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sit here before anybody gets their, their panties up their ass. I'm not shitting on any of these talents. They're all talented people. In this setting, this is bad. No, there's no I am. There's no Have your panties in your ass. I really don't care. This is fucking trash. <laughs> Speaking of trash, Ca- Cameron Grimes. I don't know why I always have a problem saying Cameron for some oddball reason. Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis in a strap match. Have you got a chance to see Dexter Loomis? 
No, I have not. I have not had a chance, or at least off the top of my head, I can't really remember. I missed last NXT, so. Hmm. Yeah, Dexter Loomis has got the he's got the the, the wide eyes and the psychopath thing going for him. I kind of dig it. I like. The, I, I don't. Oh like yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he yes, was the one in that I, scary This guy's house. great. I like him. He's yeah. one of the guys that I really do like. Yeah, this is the one where the guy where uh, they were. In the, it's the same two guys. As a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it, that Halloween Havoc match. Yeah. Where they were in that STD-ridden home, and they were just breaking shit down. Well, they're going to be competing in a strap match. Uh, this 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 feud is continuing on, and then uh, we've got Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. A uh, little tidbit that came out earlier today that people are ragging on Thatcher right now because the ratings are coming back and it appears uh, the NXT hour that drops the hardest is whenever he's on television. So mm. I don't know if that's on him or not. But That doesn't really say a lot for this, <laughs> this pay-per-view, man. You got two War Games matches that I'm not interested in. You got Gargano in one of them, which can completely deletes that for me, and it's a gimmick match. Then you have uh, Loomis, who I like, but I cannot stand Grimes at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm only interested in it because of Dexter. But besides that, and then you have the last match where, um, how do you say Because he says it and it doesn't look like Champa. Champa. Yeah, that Ciampa. guy looks cool. I like I like the he's little promos dope. he's been doing. Uh, they've, they've been pretty good. Uh, I don't remember too much of Thatcher. So that one I'm not like too mad at either. Champa was so. the face of this brand for forever. That's why he's not doing much now because... He refuses to go to the main roster, but they've got nothing for him to fucking do. Why doesn't he want to go to the main roster? Because two reasons. A, he knows they'll ruin him. He knows it. Creatively, he just knows he will be ruined. He's got the ear of no, all of the I'm creative. fucking sick of that, man. Shut the fuck up. Not you. Everyone else who fucking says that. Hear me. Shut the fuck up. Go to the main card. I don't want to hear the bullshit. I don't want to hear, oh, I don't want to, they're going to ruin me. Then don't fucking go to the WWE. There's other places you can go. Obviously, you feel like you're some type of great wrestler or personality to the point where you don't want to go somewhere because it ruins you. I'm so fucking sick of hearing that excuse for someone not wanting to progress. You're going to go to fucking school to become a doctor and not go to the, and become a doctor because you're just really good at reading books and shit. And you know, you won't be able to read books when you actually become a doctor. It sounds so fucking dumb. Go to the main roster or get the fuck out and go somewhere else. I'm sorry, but when I hear that, it fucking triggers me. I cannot stand that shit. Well, to your to your analogy, what this situation always felt like to me is going to med school, getting your degree, having the qualifications of being a doctor, but being too afraid of the responsibility, so you just stay a nurse. It's so like you could be you could be a doctor, you can get doctor money, but you're afraid of what might happen. I don't want to get sued and lose my license, so I'll just stay a nurse. And honestly, people like that is the reason I strongly believe, and I may not know what I'm talking about, or you guys may think I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, which is perfectly fine, but I really don't care. But people like this, like the Garganos and the Chamba, who I don't know that well. Well, so I have a second reason, and that might influence what you're, what you're discussing here with Chamba. Because the second reason is, is this guy's had not one but two career-ending injuries, and they're grooming him for an agent and coaching spot at the performance center for when he's done and retired. 
So I don't know if he's trying to hit the road knowing that he – well, hit the road is not even a fucking excuse anymore because no one's on the fucking road. But before this, <laughs> he got stale long before now. Okay, and... but th- that still doesn't change my point where people like that okay. ruin what NXT is supposed to be because you are past – you are past the developmental stage. I feel like wherever you are in this current point, you're either going to get better or worse. So being afraid to take that next step or if there's injuries stopping you, wherever the case may be, that's fine. But sitting – like if you're injury-ridden and you're going to sit here because you feel like it may be too much to go to – the, you're just hurting the people who are trying to develop. You're taking – screen time away from people who are trying to develop i just feel like it's such a waste to have people who should not be here be here main eventing uh pay-per-views and stuff it, it's yeah. what's the point i don't top know spots it's huh some of them are occupying top spots exactly that's what i'm saying what's third, the point the undisputed era is in their third war games match in a row the third one it's almost like War Games was made literally just for them. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They don't even have teams to go against the Undisputed Era. All three years, including including this one, are all mixed match teams. Just teams that they put together to go against the Undisputed Era inside the cage. That's it. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. Now, I know that there are certain stars, like Adam Cole, who have been very vocal, and Velveteen Dream, who have been very vocal, about the fact that they can't wait to get to the main roster. They're like, I, I did it, okay, I'm a champion, I, I'm ready to go. They haven't moved Adam Cole, from what I understand, or the Undisputed Era, from what I understand, because there's no one left in NXT. They have gutted themselves to the point where now they're on national television every week and they don't have the talent for it. They just don't. And because they have left whatever formula they had to develop talent, because they're a TV show now. We don't have time to develop talent. They either got to be really good right now, and and that's it. We don't have. We got a bunch of guys here with a bunch of talent that's not being groomed to play the game they way they need to play it on TV. It's, I don't like Cameron Guys as a person. I've met him. I've got my history with him. But I can tell you, he's talented as shit, and he definitely yeah. shouldn't be doing the goofy shit he's been doing with that gimmick. He, after the death of Cameron Guys was Halloween Havoc. Because he was so cartoony, so over the top, so Scooby-Doo, with just everything he was fucking doing, that it almost made me, it almost took me out of enjoying Dexter. Because he, Dexter's doing his thing, and this guy's just being a goof. Like the scene where he's running from Dexter, and then he gets into the bathroom, and there's some chick showering, and all of a sudden he's got, he's got all the time in the world now to beat on some skins now. He's like, oh, let me get my, let me get my jacket off, and oh, wait, I'm being chased by a psychopath. I don't know why they think this is entertaining. It's really not. Know. It's Timothy terrible. Thatcher. I would love to see what other people think about these things. Yeah. Like, are they so battered and jaded that they just look at it and it is what it is and they just kind of shrug it off and it doesn't bother them at all? Because I really don't understand why whoever the creatives are behind these shows thinks that this theatrical running through houses or these very gimmicky outside away from everybody movie trailer type matches is really moving the needle. It's, it's so annoying and you see him on every brain right now. So So I'm assuming it's some type of fad going on right now that it's easy to do because of COVID or whatever the case may be. And he thinks it's interesting. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Fucking bad. This was an idea before COVID COVID became the excuse. 
because everyone outside of the WWE was doing it. Matt Hardy changed the game on that with the cinematic matches, and it became a thing. But nobody else did the cinematic matches uh, uh, before COVID except for Matt and a few other companies who were trying things out. COVID, all of a sudden, it just became a thing. It was like, well, we could do this, and we could do that. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's a lot of talented people on this roster. They have completely dropped the ball on the best wrestler in, on this pay-per-view, Rhea Ripley. I have no idea what's happened to Rhea Ripley. I don't hear anyone talking about El Shirai anymore. Vanilla Cake should be getting more time on television, but that's for selfish reasons. Pete mm. Dunn looks like, I mean, Pete Dunn should have a Sunoco t- label, uh, uh, logo tattooed on his arm because he's on the gas, brother. He's looking fantastic. Boy, Pete Dunn is in the best shape of his life. And they got him sitting next to Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin and Pat McAfee, who CM Punk called the best promo on NXT. That is a problem, folks. When the kicker from an NFL team is outperforming your whole roster, you've got a problem. Oh, that guy's amazing. Pat man. McAfee well, I am, knows. I am absolutely, and I know, like, uh, my friend was telling me, oh, you know, he has, like, a, a radio show or something like that. Podcast, same shit. Yeah, yeah. a podcast, whatever. Podcast, was a, and I'm like, yeah, but there's one thing to be comfortable on a mic, and there's another to be able to talk. Yeah. The way this mother this don't take take that kicker shit out of the way. Literally, I don't think any of that stuff's matter because this dude, when it comes to a microphone, has fucking but you know what talent. it is. You know what it is though. You can throw the kicker thing away because of what he does. If he, he was the shit, so we would good. be like, oh my god, look at this dude from football trying to be. But because when dope. he first came out, he was so corny. I yeah, was laughing was like, this dude's corny, dude. I was like, this guy is super weird. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this. And then sitting through it and and listening to him just go, he went with like no breaths, man, yeah, and it was just connected together so well. I'm like, dude, yeah. this guy can talk. That's his why this group is bad off. for him. This group is bad for him because this group does not fit him. There's nothing about this group that they they have nothing in common. Yeah, nothing. but what do you see? Who 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 could you put him with that his NXT level of rocker? talent of talking would actually benefit them? Because that's tough, man. Because this guy can kind of out. I think that's the problem. Is that he kind of outshines the people he's around a he little does. bit right now. He does. That's why it, 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 what you kind of need to do with that, though. But that's why I think this particular group does not work well with, with him. Uh, not just a common, right. not just commonality, but when you have a, a manager, right? And this is coming from I'm a manager, right? So this is coming from a, 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 not only personal experience, but just my education from the business. When you have a manager who speaks, it, it really depends on your manager. When you have a manager who can speak well, okay, it's cool. It's good to have established guys near him. A good example, J.J. Dillon, right? He was a great promo, but he was the manager of the four fucking horsemen, which means his five guys in that room, and as good as J.J. is, he's probably fifth, okay? But he still did most of the talking. You know why? Because he was a good talker, he was solid, and when the horsemen had to speak, they made more money that way when they spoke. They didn't always have to speak. It felt special when they spoke. Now that I'm thinking about it, putting him with a powerhouse would probably be fucking amazing. Well, here's like, the thing, though. Uh, I was, that's what I was going to get to. When you have a more boisterous personality kind of manager, then you need underneath talent to be with him. So what about that- him with, I know this is going to sound weird. Because it just kind of came to me, and you can kill me if you want. 
What about him with like a Bobby Lashley? I'm trying to get to that. You keep cutting me off. Ridge Holland. <laughs> Ridge Holland was the guy that was supposed to be with him. Pete Dunne was a last minute substitution. Ridge Holland, six foot five, 290, 300 pounds of muscle. Pure, unadulterated athlete. He looks fantastic, but he's green as shit, which was perfect for him because he didn't have to say anything. Let Pat do all the talking. He does all the manhandling. Perfect relationship. It's me and Sam. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? I do yeah, all I'm... the talking. Sammy does all the destruction. That's I what this you. guy's was. So think about it. Danny Birch, Orny Lorcan, tag team champions. That fits to a degree because even though the tag team champions are kind of on the lower end, they don't do a whole lot of talking, so they're not going to ask for any mic time. Ridge Holland, big muscular dude, the muscle behind the group, and Pat's mouth. That group would have been dope. Adding mm. Pete Dunne to me fucks his whole thing up because he's got his own fan base, his own style of doing things. None of this stuff really fits. And even though Pete really doesn't talk too much, he's not that great of a promo, which gives Pat more of an excuse to talk. It doesn't give Pat anything to talk about a manager is only as good as the content he needs something to talk about right yes he can sit here and say look at pete dunn you know 600 plus days as nxt uk champion he's one of the greatest champions in wwe history over the last course of the last five to ten years like he could he could spill the resume like what like what uh Heyman does with lesnar ncaa we heavyweight champion ufc heavyweight champion but eventually even Heyman had to stop because nobody gives a shit unless Pete's gonna go out there and just dominate people. It gives it doesn't give Pat a lot to talk about. Pat right. goes out there, he does the traditional heel stuff. We're a dominant force, we're this, we're that. But they don't dominate anybody. With right. a with a big pile of muscle like Ridge Holland, the two sneaky little Brit and wrestler dude on the side, his big mouth, it would have been perfect. I actually would have enjoyed that more for this war games than the match that we're getting. In spite of the fact that Pete Dunn's a better wrestler. It's just fit you, you got when you have a guy like Pat. You got to fit your guys around Pat. Pat will get you the fuck over, boys. He'll get you to the promised land. Pat's a, he may have been a kicker in the NFL, but right now in NXT, that motherfucker is a quarterback. Give him some receivers, and he'll get you to the promised land. He needs somebody around him that's just going to be young and dumb and let this guy fucking do all the work. Let Pat get people over. Punk was like, hey, everybody on that roster should feel stupid because all of you grew up wanting to be wrestlers. All of you went to wrestling school, and you let the football guy outshine you. And that's absolutely 100% correct. I have way too many guys in the industry, way too many, who cannot cut promos and will actively tell me. gift, man. I get it. I get what you guys are saying. Yeah. But – Let's 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 throw that in the trash, man. You're taking away from his his gift of gab by calling him the kicker guy, dude. <laughs> All right, no, you're right. No, but I said it earlier. I said because of his talent, the way that he's done it, you can throw that aside. The kicker right. guy. I only right. said it again just now because that's what Punk said. But no, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, got I agree with you that he's he's kind of broken. This dude, I take man. him as a professional now. And he's, he's great. He, like you said, he like you said he, he he's definitely. He's got the talent, and you can definitely see that. Although he is comfortable, you can see how he can be a little uncomfortable, like yeah. the way he talks and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. He's still he doesn't have as much control as it seems. Yeah. But when this guy gets sharp, man, I swear to God, they better put him with someone good. You, and you they, have something. And they really, and he he says, if you listen to his interviews, like on his show, because on his show he's still him. 
You know, right. he, he's not bringing the gimmick to his show. He's he's got sponsors. He's got things he needs to do. It's like this. I'm not OTP on this. I'm I'm still just AJ on this, right? right. So he's able to separate the two. That's the new age thing now. Apparently, this this is the new kayfabe. You know, I get to be myself on <clears throat> on this show, but I can't be myself when I'm in the front of other cameras. It's a weird thing. But he he's his he's himself on his show, and he'll tell you. All right. First of all, he went to school for real, not WWE developmental. He went to a real school, Rip Rogers, who's trained some of the best professional wrestlers who ever live. Mm-hmm. Forget in the world today. Whoever lived. A lot of the best came out of Rip Rogers' school, and he didn't he didn't get there by happenstance. He doesn't live down the block and was just like, well, I'm going to check out. Right. He sought out who's the best. Okay, that guy's the best. All right, I'm going to go learn from him. And he went, and he went trained with that guy, and, and Rip Rogers, one of the best trainers, so he's learned from the best, he's got the best attitude, because the first thing he did, according to him, I'm going by his words, he loves his business so much, the first thing he wanted to learn was the business. I'm right. already learning the wrestling stuff from Rick, from Rip, I'm not going to bother him with that. But if I'm going to be in the WWE, if I'm going to be in NXT, how does this work? What is my role? What am I supposed to do? What's the job? Okay, right. you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Okay, fine, fuck it. Then that's what I'm going to do. And he talks to all the right people. He talks to the promo guys. If he wants to learn about being in the ring or getting better in the ring, he, he, look look at all the people they have access to. He goes to Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Shawn, you know a thing or two about taking bumps, right? What am I doing wrong here? What am I supposed to do? Uh, he wants to learn about promos. He goes to Triple H. He goes to all these different guys that are that are backstage. William Regal, how am I supposed to talk? How do I forget talk on the microphone? Heel promo. How am I supposed to get this guy over as a fucking baby face as a heel? Tell, tell me. You lay out the blueprint. I'll go out there and I'll fucking say it. And he's, he's not just here because I want to be famous. I want to stay relevant. Like, he wants to be in this business so fucking bad that it hurts. And it's nice to see a guy who really want it, but also have the talent to fucking do it. Because right. I get messaged by people all the time who really, really want to do it, but they can't. And I have to tell them, you're wasting your time. It's a dickhead thing to say. It's a dickhead here thing to hear. But you're wasting your fucking time. Yeah, yeah, this is not going to be for you. This is just right. what it is. And I've told that to people, and it's been 10 years, and they're still breaking their ass. And, you know, bless them. They're following their passion. But this mm-hmm. is as far as your passion is going to fucking take you. But Pat Damn McAfee man. has fucking got it. He absolutely fucking has it. So that's your right. that's your War Games pay-per-view. That's going to be again tomorrow night, December 6th, live on the WWE Network. Let's flip channels. Let's head over to the other side for just a second here. <clears throat> Woo. So, All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> oh, boy. Had a little bit of a shindig. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to start off. First of all, I don't have a whole lot of negativity. I have the feeling that you do. But maybe I don't I, have negativity. I'm I have concerns, to, I'm and try, I'm afraid. Okay. I'm trying to spin all of this shit that I'm finding out and I'm seeing and I'm learning about as a positive, and we're going to explain that. But winter is coming. There were a few people who thought uh, that was going to be the name of an upcoming pay-per-view for them, but it was a, it was a built-up regular free for television dynamite episode which is perfect they should do more of these please get more people to watch this fucking show they did over 900,000 on the ratings uh this week uh what are the high actually no it's the highest rated show they've had all year uh 
their initial show, I believe, was their highest still to date, well over a million viewers. But it, they've dropped tremendously since, and they've uh, stayed pretty stagnant around anywhere between seven, uh, 600 to 700,000, up or down, plus minus. But this was well over 900,000, close to a million again. And it was not because of the surprise. I'm getting sick of people saying that. Well, he's ready. No, we, no one knew he was coming, my dude. They didn't. Right. They wanted. They the main event was dope. Did they have an idea? Because that would be the other. No, half of that. Because, no, I don't think so. Because the prevailing thought about Sting was for the pay per view. It wasn't for Winter Is Coming. Uh, it it was for the pay per view. Uh, when they they kept talking about a a former. Uh, something the superstar from this company and the, that company, and they were like they were really teasing, and people were like, "Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be Sting, right?" Because his contract is up, and then fucking Gangrel showed up, and we were like, "Ah, what the fuck is that?" And then all <laughs> of a sudden, like two weeks later, boom, Sting. So I don't know if it was just a swerve because of the whole winter is coming, just gimmick of it, or whatever the case right. may be. But he makes the big reveal here. Uh, he comes out at the end of the Hobbs and Starks, I believe it was, against Rhodes and Darby Allen match. They're beating up on Cody. Out comes Sting. My phone almost fucking melted. It almost exploded in my goddamn pocket because everybody was all, Sting, Sting. I got videos sent to my fucking, I got text messages. I got Facebook messages. I got Instagram messages. It's Sting. It's fucking Sting. Like, I give a shit. Like, I don't want to, like, what, did I, did I post up something somewhere all of a sudden where I've just associated with Sting? When did I become a Sting fan? He's one of those guys that, he's like a, he's like a Hogan. It's like, yeah. people just assume you're a fan of him because of how great he yeah. was. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm indifferent, you know, I, I liked his career. I thought he was a cool dude. I've never really considered myself a Sting mark or anything like i got like i've had pictures of him all over my room and shit like right i don't know if i consider myself like the biggest thing especially in his later years oh jesus yeah i like if he would have came back with the bleach blonde hair and the american face paint and i mean the 92 sting if he came out venice beach fucking no nah, no nah, i like this thing better <laughs> i personally like the way this thing looks better no but, I, but. You know, it's a better look for sure i'm making a joke but i was just uh people were texting me and blowing me up like my fucking like i was just signed and i didn't even know like you know what I, mean? I was surprised <laughs> you did like, it, bro. i just heard bro congrats you're going to ew you're like word <laughs> i'm expecting a fedex any day now i guess but yeah. yeah, people were blowing me up. It was a big deal. Tell me your thoughts. When I should do my the clip that I sent you was that the first time you saw it, or did you see it on the show? Or so I was going to I was going to watch it the day you sent it to me. So when you sent that to me, I'm like, uh, boy. So then I, I as planned, I watched it, and he came out. He did a little walk around and then he walked out. And I'm like, the whole time I'm sitting there looking at this, like, uh, <laughs> I instantly just got the TNA vibe. Yeah. Well, like once TNA turned, I was so hyped on TNA. You used to pump me up about it. It was cool. They had a lot of great talent. And then the moment TNA turned into WCW, it was just like, uh, I don't want this. Like, I don't, I, I don't this want this now. Yeah, it's not 1998 anymore. I don't want this. I don't want it. You you know how I feel about um, old people. 
old people coming back. Like, I get the whole nostalgia thing, and that's fine. But, like, to take up whole matches or have a storyline around them, it's just like, come on, dude. Like, get out of the way. You had your time. You're a legend. Coming to the ring wave or maybe interfere in a match or something, something fun. That's fine. But, dude, I don't want to see WCW. So... Hopefully, he's the only guy in that era that is here. Because I swear to God, if well, I start dude, seeing like the Arn, wolf pack and shit, like I, Jake the Snake, there's a lot of WCW guys already in WWE. DDP. No, what do you wait? What <laughs> those? All those guys that I just named to you: Arn Anderson, DDP, Jake the Snake, all WCW guys. Yeah, that are in AEW. I haven't seen him. Oh well, the, he was. Arn Anderson was one of the people Sting was staring at. And what's him call? Oh right, no, no, yeah, 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 no. I, I, but I mean, like wrestling. They're not wrestling. No, no, and neither was he. You don't think that's, he's gonna wrestle? That's the thing. Okay, let's address that right now because I saw a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, now that he's here, I hope he takes it easy." Nah, nah. That you don't think is, he's wrestling? I, listen, what's I don't, the point of this? Okay, look. The point of this is that he's a 60-something-year-old man who's been sitting at home for the last few years and is still more over than everybody who's currently on the show every day. That's the point of this. Grandpa McGee over here still makes money. Well, that takes me to a point I wanted to make about the match you were talking about, but I digress. Uh, Well, I was going to say about Sting, the whole purpose of Sting. Attention. That's it. It's just attention. It was a splash. You got everybody talking. That 900 plus or whatever was there uh, uh, before before Sting was even talked about. What do you think that rating is going to look like next week? Um, he signed a multi-year deal. So the multi-year, when I first saw him, I said, no way he takes a bump. No way. Not after everything he's been through medically. He's just, that's just not going to happen. But he signed a multi-year deal. And I cannot help but feel that that's not going to stay that way. Even now, we've heard reports, Tony Khan saying, listen, we're going to be really careful with how we use him. We can't overexpose him. There's a lot of talk about a Lesnar-type deal where he's in and out and making appearances here and there just to spike you know, spike up the rating a little bit. We're going to be cautious, blah, 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 blah. But it's going to be really hard if he's the only rating getter you have. And it spikes every time you use them. I cannot believe in my heart that they're just going to stay with the every now and again. I can't. It's like saying, well, I only do cocaine one Tuesday out of every month. No, nigga. Once you start doing cocaine, you do cocaine now. That's just the thing that you do. You are a cocaine man now. You don't just, you know, dabble two, you know, about two times a month, you know, the first and 15th. I dabble. Yeah, I've had, I've had a little. I use it like a pick me up, you know. It's just like if I know I got a heavy workout coming, I'll throw a little cocaine. And no, once you get a taste of that beautiful, sweet, snowy flower, you got to go with it. And that's what's gonna probably end up happening with Sting, bro. They gotta, they have a legitimate. And I know people are gonna look at Jericho and 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 Moxley and Cody to a degree. Folks, we're talking about fucking Sting, bro. This is a whole nother level of nostalgia. And it, what's good about Sting is that no matter how many times he gets exposed, you know, my, my, my wife thought about it as he came out. So she was like, so let me guess, WCW Nitro, then to TNA, then to WWE, and now to AEW. He's been in every major company. 
officially. And we've been, we've been seeing him everywhere all the time, and yet we've seen him none of the time. So if, even though we've seen him everywhere, he's still new. It's so ridiculous how long Sting's face paint has taken him. It's ridiculous. What was the concern? You what money? What, what money are you talking about from what other match? Money? Wait, what? You said you had a point about another match. Well, no, the match we were talking about when you said about like spiking uh, views be- by bringing him right. out and stuff like that, that they're not going to retain it because of their roster. Well, I'm telling you, man, I, I know you like kind of talked me out of it a little bit before, but something about something about um, Cody coming out after the I forget his name uh, coming out after the champion fucking rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, after Darby. That really yeah, pissed me off face. that Darby came out first and yeah. then he came out. Because he's because all that bullshit with the kneeling and he gave him the belt, it's all bullshit. There was never any intent on making Darby the actual face. This company was built for Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks. That's it. That's disgusting, though, that's it. man. That's the only reason. You're they're not, gonna get I'm as telling many you, you're not going to go far if that's what your foundation they're is. Gonna, they're going to try to get as many guys over as they possibly can. I believe that they really do want to bring up young talent. The problem is two you're not going to do things, it like that. Two major things. They're, they don't know how, and even if they figure out how, they will never do it at their own expense. And that's the missing component. That's it. I don't know if people are going to hear that. They're going to go, wait, wait a minute, AJ. They just spent a whole year. Because right now, Kenny is the world champion, and the Young Bucks are the tag champions. People are like, well, wait a second, AJ. They spent the whole year losing a whole lot of matches before they got to this. Yeah, and how'd they lose those matches, boys and girls? Remember we t- Remember we gave you guys the lesson on how rubs work? They didn't do it the way rubs work. All they did was lose matches and figured, well, that's enough. They beat me, so that's the rub. Nope. They didn't get anybody over for a full year. And then use the excuse of, well, I've been jobbing this whole time, so it's time to take the belts now. And then they take the belts. So now they're the champions now. It's gross. And Cody's not the champion anymore, but as you can see, he still gave himself championship treatment. His fucking entrance is a pay-per-view entrance every fucking time. Cody, Cody Rhodes comes out like God. If God was a was to take human form and he was going to design his own entrance to the fucking ring. It would look like Cody's. He elevates through the ground with special lighting. There's pyrotechnics. I'm sure there's an angelic gust of wind that goes over the crowd. And the only thing that's missing is just free money falling from the... Like, how much of a baby face can you possibly... He is screaming at the top of his youngs. He's got the hot wife. He's got... He's the only baby face I've ever come to see come to the ring with a full army of useless individuals. He comes... He has 30 members of the Nightmare family come to the ring with him every fucking time. It's gross. It's really making me dislike him a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Because his in-ring shit isn't fucking knocking my socks off to the point where you need a whole goddamn company he's good. to yourself. But he doesn't not have anybody to work he's with. good. He's not that fucking good. He's not <laughs> the good that you're seeing. He's not good that when even you even when you drop the belt, you then have a tag team match with the guy you just lost to who has the belt on your team. So it kind of feels like you're still on the defending uh, side. And then you come out after the champion. Yeah. No, you're not that fucking good. And I'll tell you what irks me more 
is the fact that leading up to the Darby match in the promo package, he tells you with his mouth, I've defended the title against this guy twice. I've beaten him twice. The fact that he keeps getting title matches is kind of a joke at this point because how many times do I have to beat him, right? So he gives you the impression, I'm done being around Darby Allen, right? This will be the last match. I'll beat him again, and then I'm done with him. So then he loses the match against Darby Allen, loses the championship, and all of a sudden they're the best friends. And not for nothing, if we're going to criticize Cody for that, why is Darby doing this? He has no I, choice. No, I know he has no choice as far as the because the person that's pairing himself up with him is the fucking EVP. But character-wise, I don't mean in real life. I mean as a character. Why the fuck would Darby Allen even want to tag with fucking anybody? For any reason. Yeah, that's that's all, yeah, you're right. It's it's just all a part of it, dude. He Darby can't Allen, let it go. Darby Allen. Yeah, I'll give you the belt, but I'm going to stand next to you the entire time you have it. And then out of nowhere, we're going to fight again, and I'm going to get it back. Right. So just so we're all clear, folks, to prepare for his match with Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen threw himself off of a hot air balloon. He put himself in a body bag with thumbtacks and thrown down a bike ramp, and he got hit by a car intentionally. Like, he stood there in one place and then got hit by a fucking car. Just to illustrate to you his independence and his streak and willingness to destroy himself to do what he wants to do. And then he gets into the match with Cody, beats him. Not clean, by the way. Not not clean, just beats him. Darby Allen beats him, wins the championship, and then gets his ass kicked by Team Taz. And of all the shit that he does to himself, he needs a partner to fight Ricky Starks and fucking Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs, who is as green as a Christmas tree. (laughs) And Ricky Starks, who granted is one of Darby's best opponents. I love that chemistry. But Darby's already beaten him multiple times. He needs Cody Rhodes to survive this onslaught. Cody Rhodes is going to be the reason why this company fails. Mark my words. Well, it's you know, going funny, to fail. You know what's funny is that, that a lot of people who hear who will hear that will make the argument that it wouldn't exist without him. He was yeah, the one who made a no lot of connections. Shit. He used a no lot of his connections to get that company shit. off the ground. Cool. <laughs> that doesn't make my point move. No, it doesn't. No, it does <laughs> not the, at all. If anything, if anything, you're proving my point. Right. He is going to be the reason why this company fails. And it's going to. It's going to go right down the same well, route as TNA. I can already see it happening. Well, I hope not. Because in spite of everything I just said on the air, I still want to go over there. So, fuck it. Hey, listen. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. Like, I could be completely wrong. And if I am, that would no, be awesome. No, I don't awesome think you are completely wrong. Because otherwise, I, I wouldn't have it on my show. I think it's completely, I, it's completely I don't fair to right. say. But I'm, I'm I don't not agree with sold you, But I, I think it's fair to say I am not sold on Cody Rhodes enough for the it's one thing to be like the face of the company. It's another to just man, just let him let him have if you're gonna give him a short title run, just let him let him like have at least a few matches where he can shine and show people that he can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but we've got more action that happened on this show. We're not here to review the whole show, just two major fucking bullet points that happened here our main event was john moxley defending the aew world title against 
I don't know, cleaner version two? I don't know what the fuck this is. Kenny Omega, right? Now, I sent you a clip last week. Again, more stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, of some of Kenny's work in Japan when he was going against uh, Okada, which was his main rival over there at New Japan, when he was basically the king of New Japan pro wrestling over there. Did you, A, see the clip that I sent you? B, did you get a chance to see any other Kenny film from Japan aside from that clip? I saw I saw the thing you sent me. I watched that. Uh, no, I did not go any deeper than that. From what you saw, right, because you've seen him now a few times in AEW, from what you saw, are you seeing the same person? Yes, absolutely. He's exactly the same. Exactly the same. That's what you're saying. Yes. He appears exactly the same to you. Again, I just only watched that one clip. That's but fine. Yeah, I didn't really see That's much fine, different. Because it was a first impression type deal. I mean, that clip that I sent you is pretty thorough. It showed some of his stuff from the matches, yeah. some of his promo stuff. It's a little bit of everything there going on. That's why I sent that particular video because it's kind of like a highlight reel of some of his best shit type, type right. deal. So that's him at his best in New Japan. You've seen him perform on AEW. Uh, and you're seeing the same exact guy. Yeah, but if you're trying to say that he's not, I mean. No, I'm opponent... trying to say that he is. Okay, I'm because it sounds like you're trying to. No, because I'm keeping hearing. Not, but the because... opponent he was up against in the clip you sent me was far better than, you know, the people that he's been, that I've seen him yes. against. Okada is, you can make the right. argument Okada is the best wrestler on the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you haven't seen. I'm sure you haven't seen too much of him. No, but not he too much. Is, no. whew, brother, this dude had. I gotta send it to you when I find it. He's, he's a big man, though. He's a he's a big boy, but the big boy can move. The big boy can go. He's smart. Uh, he like this guy could wrestle a great match in five minutes and a great match in five hours. It doesn't really matter. He, this dude right. is. He is their top guy over in New Japan. Kenny was a fantastic opponent for him. Uh, best. Best way I could describe it, that's that's their Stone Cold, and Kenny came out of there like a rock. Like, they were like a neck-and-neck neck type deal. Like, they were so popular. And their matches, they had three of the most classic matches of all time. One of them got six stars, my man. Six stars. Yeah. Six. <laughs> that's how crazy that shit was. And they had such a great rivalry. But I keep hearing from people that Kenny... Came when he came to AEW, he took it upon himself, much like quote unquote the Bucks, that they were going to put as many people over as they possibly could. Before he came to AEW, when his contract was up, Kenny Omega mm-hmm. with New Japan, they made him a spectacular offer, from what I understand. I don't know the numbers, but they made him a spectacular offer to stay. He was already over, he was practically living there, uh, he had adopted the language, everything. It was perfect for New Japan. But he had two other opportunities in the wings. A WWE contract. And I don't mean NXT, bro. Which I think would have been perfect for him. I thought so, too, at the time. From what I'm seeing from him and his style. was not an NXT deal. He was going to go straight to Raw. Of of course. That would be a joke to put him on NXT. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then there was the AEW opportunity. Now, the AEW opportunity, obviously... They were, they were offering him everything that he has now. Obviously, he's going to work with his buddies, but he's an EVP. He was going to get an opportunity to work more on hand, hands-on in the business side of things. WWE, he just would have been another act on the circus, you know? Granted, fair. 
he would have been far better paid in WWE than I'm sure he's making in AEW, but I don't think the numbers are still that bad. He chose No, to and he gets a lot more freedom in AEW. And he gets a lot so. more freedom, right. So, obviously, uh, on this show, I stated I believe he was going to go with AEW, but I feel the WWE was a better opportunity. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles were pushing hard for him to go to, AEW, uh, to, to WWE. They were trying to tease WrestleMania matches with him and, and all kinds of stuff. He ended up going with AEW. And the talk of the town was that Kenny and the Bucks are going to do everything they can to get as many people over as they possibly can. Kenny is coming in and he's regarded as either number one, number two, or number three wrestlers on the planet. So they're like, all right, cool. He'll come in here. We'll get a bunch of matchups going. We'll get guys over. I don't think he got a single fucking guy over. And now he's going into cleaner mode here. And he's going to start doing his thing again. So all I keep hearing from people over and over and over is that, well, now that he's doing the cleaner thing again, now we're going to get the Japan Kenny. This was, this was something else. He was doing some AEW stuff. This was him just, he was, he was sitting back. You know, he was, he was kind of hampering himself just a little bit to get the next guy over. But now we're going to get full Kenny. I don't believe that at all whatsoever. I believe Kenny Omega got exposed here. I don't think he's the performer that... I don't think he's regarded the same type of performer here as he was over there. I think over there, the booking was better. They protected him better. His shine was better there. I don't. I don't think a Gato, who's the booker for and for New Japan, the the creative team over in New Japan, they know how to do this. Okay, and booking, it's not just how many wins you get. It's how you're protected, how you keep that star looking like a star. And right. everything that I've learned about AEW, they have no idea how to do that. Guys will get pushed to the moon and then lose to stupid matches. It's just, it's up and down, it's up and down, it's up and down. No one, you, they will push multiple people, but they'll rarely ever get protected. The people who are protected the best are the people who know how to protect themselves. Cody protects himself great. Jericho protects himself great. Even when he loses, he has an out. Moxley all the smart wrestlers who have been there, who have experienced, been on the big stage, the WrestleMania-level type talents, they know what they're doing. Everybody right. else just get jerked around. And I feel Kenny's in that category. I think I showed you that link for a reason. I think the Kenny we've gotten here is the same exact fucking Kenny from Japan. He's just not as over. Because the rest of the audiences here don't, don't look at him the same way the Japanese audience did. What do you think about that? It's... It's his shoulders, dude. <laughs> he got, shoulders. He's got weird shoulders, dude. I'm telling you, every time he does a move or he like he does this slow-mo speed up thing. Yeah. And is like the way he and it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Like it kind of makes his moves seem like they have a lot more impact. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing. It's just like the way he shrugs his shoulders, his body frame is weird. I'm gonna send you a link. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link because no one has shit on Kenny Omega more than Jim Cornette has. Really? And, really. And there is a compilation on YouTube I have to send you because... Oh, please do. Because he's been calling him... Oh, what the fuck was it? Uh, Dancer McFingerbang or something like that because of the gestures. He has a lot of yeah. goofy gestures with his hands and his fingers. He so he's gestulating. Yes. Very he does, theatrical. He does a wind up before he runs and he does the whole, like everything is pacing and it's just, just. But that's why I can see how people here would not like that. It's, 
it's a little over the top sometimes. Eric can feel. I don't know. But that's what I've noticed. The only criticism I have of Omega so far is that he just is very animated in everything that he does. It's a good thing or a bad thing, but not how you look at it. So I wanted to I wanted to discuss that on the show because I wanted to get that out first because on this episode of Winter is Coming, uh, Kenny Omega once again joins the World Championship uh, uh, lineage, I guess you could say, and he is the AEW World Champion, and he defeats John Moxley, the guy who seemingly overcame every fucking obstacle in the book. Uh, has now joined the Shield. I just knocked up my wife club and is now off to go do whatever he's going to go do. He's dropped the belt. He's done the good piece of business. Uh, thanks, Mox, and we'll see you in the summer, I guess. I don't know what the deal is going to be with that. That's a shame because I was actually enjoying him. I know recently I you said like you can't stand it. I, I can't stand what he has become here, but I'm hoping now – that he's going to take to, because remember, he came here with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He was a little pissed about how that WWE ran, run ended. And he went from WWE almost straight into this. This little vacation he's going to go on, you know, he's got a baby on the way. He's going to be there for all that stuff. He's going to go play daddy at home for a little bit. That might mellow his fucking ass out. And maybe when we get back, we'll get a much more focused. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I box. get what you're saying. I, I don't understand it because I didn't, like, I don't know the past part yeah. of it. But I really, I was, I really liked him here, man. Promise. Every time he talked, dude, it yeah. was just, I'm staring at the screen he's and just the, waiting on his next he's word. He's my favorite promo of all time. He's all so time. good. I love. I can listen to Moxley promos all fucking day. Have you gotten a chance to hear any of the old ones from back in the day? No, oh. no. I want to look. I'm gonna start clipping shit you. to you tonight, bro. I need to. You need to sit down and watch some of this shit. WWE put a sour taste in my mouth with him. Oh, it was to the point that when I saw him on AEW, I didn't even realize it was him. And then when you pointed it out, I couldn't like unsee it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see it now. <laughs> and man, I'm just. I'd sad that you're telling me that that's why he dropped the belt because he's leaving. I don't know if that's the exact reason. I'm just putting two and two together because I do know right. that he's leaving. I just don't know if it's now because who right. knows? We might get a rematch at the next pay-per-view and then he takes off. Right before. Yeah. But the point is, is that I do believe I'm putting two and two together that the responsibility of the belt has been transferred over because of who knows, right? Because she's not right. having the baby today. You know, babies take time. You got to cook it up right. I know yep. all about that. You fuck up the cook, and that's it. You get stuck with whatever you get stuck with. Oh wow! So I wanted, <laughs> okay. I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to make sure my situation was okay. So I'm sure he's gonna do the same. You gonna make sure she, cause this shit. Hey, listen up. For those of you out there with no kids, I mean that shit when I say you gotta do the cooking right, baby. Because they gotta eat certain things. They gotta do certain things. They gotta sleep a certain amount of time. They can't eat certain things. They can't drink certain things. It's like a it's like having a pet for nine months. You just you got to keep an eye on it. Make sure it doesn't wake up belly up in the bowl. Mm. You got to keep an eye on these ladies while they're impregnated. <laughs> you, you put it in there. So you got to keep an eye on it while it's baking. Once mm -hmm. it comes out, you can just leave it with the mother and go about your business. Everyone knows there you that. Go. Everyone knows that. That's common knowledge. Fatherhood 101. <laughs> I did my part. I did my part. I proved my point. I did it. Okay. And then that's it. You just leave it. 
Hit me up when he heads to college. I'll put some money in. I got some ends on it. That's pretty much how fatherhood goes. That's, that's my dad I'm wisdom ready. for the day. I'm ready now. Put it in her belly, and then when it gets here, just kind of like, you know, be around every now and again. Punch the oven to make sure it doesn't get burnt. Yeah, and when sure, yeah, it's done, watch stir it. it up and walk away. It. And then that's it. And like a turtle, <laughs> you just go back in the ocean and hope the egg figures out, figures out what to do after that. There you go. Get fatherhood it. in a nutshell. We got a new world champion at AEW. And then, well, it's how we got the new champion. Don Callis. Who, I don't think you know this, so I'm going to refresh your memory. Don Callis, you have some familiarity with Don Callis. Okay. You've seen this man perform live with your very own eyes. Wow. Yes, you have. He was known in the WWE. Oh, why is his work name escaping me right now? He was in the WWE, is my point. And he was... This is going to fucking mess with me. What was his? Because he had a different name in uh, the WWE. It was... Why am I skipping on the name? I'm quickly trying to look for it. But I can't seem to find a specific fucking name for the Cyrus. No, I'm sorry. He was known as Jackal, later known as Cyrus in, in ECW. There it is, Jackal. Hmm. Okay. He was the manager of the Truth Commission. You remember the Truth Commission? I remember the name. With Kurgan, the big seven-footer, the military people. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. 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 I sound like Joe Pesci now. So, yes, he was the manager there for them. Uh, he's a hell of a booker, and he's a hell, of, a hell of a creative guy. He joined the ECW after WWE let him go. He's traveled around for a bit. Uh, he went over to Japan. He was working with Japan as a commentator and, and helping with creative. Currently works for Impact Wrestling, formerly of TNA. He, he's all over the places, this Don Callis guy. Now, during his time in Japan, Don Callis, he befriended another gaijin by the name of Kenny Omega. Remember, Kenny mm-hmm. Omega was over there doing his thing. He was the man. And Dan Callis and him had a great relationship. Right. Don was trying to push for him. Like he had a shot in hell, but remember, I told you there was two contracts on the table: WWE and uh, AEW. I only mentioned those two because I'm sure those were the only two that he actually considered. But Impact definitely made a play because of Don Callis. Don Callis is also friends with Chris Jericho. That's how the, the matches in Japan with Jericho took place. Callis got him in, uh, or was able to convince him to come in. Reason why I bring this up is because Don Callis. Did commentary on, I forgot what it was, Dynamite, pay-per-view, I don't know. He did commentary on one of the Kenny Omega matches. Oh, I think it was the pay-per-view where he called Kenny and Adam Page, I believe. And I I laughed at it. I was like, this is stupid. Why would an Impact commentator come on AEW to talk about Kenny fucking Omega? This is dumb. Well, not so dumb, apparently. Because Uh, here's done. It's all coming home to roost now, Bobby Boucher. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, Don Callis is on this episode of Dynamite, and he turns heel, I guess you you could call it that, Jack's old Moxley on the mush, costs him the match in the championship, Kenny Omega walks out the champion because of Callis. He helps his good buddy become world champion, then they exit the building in true Omega fashion now, he doesn't stick around for no bullshit, he hops in his expensive Uber, 
because he got the Uber XL. They always get the big vehicle. And yeah. uh, because it's COVID and because the hotel and the area that they're living in is literally down the block, I'm sure it still costs them a good hundo just to get down the block because Uber XLs are expensive as balls. And just before they got in the Uber, the interviewer walks over to Callis and says, what the hell's going on? What the hell's happening? And Don Callis says, you can check out all the information about what went down tonight this Tuesday on Impact at 8 p.m. And then it was confirmed online that is correct, folks. Kenny Omega and his newly won AEW world title will be live on Impact this Tuesday. So you already know the ratings is going to jump up because everyone's going to want to take a look at that. I'm going to try to take a look at that to see what the hell they can possibly say. Yeah. That's going to explain what the hell's happening. So people just thought this was going to be a one-off deal. Kenny's going to do a favor for Don, blah, 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 blah. It looks like AEW and Impact, as of right now anyway, things can change, are going to have some sort of open relationship going down the line. Now, it's not as simple as just Kenny going to Impact, but it's not as open as everyone online has been speculating. Oh, we're going to do Impact versus AEW. Slow your roll, bitches. We're not at that point. We're not going to get to that. There isn't going to be an AEW versus Impact pay-per-view anytime soon. But there is going to be some open negotiations. There is going to be some open talk. Now, you used to watch TNA just a little bit, whatever I would show you, I guess, back in the day. Have you seen any at all recent Impact Wrestling stuff? Uh, Actually, yes, and I wasn't very impressed. Okay. (laughs) Okay, all right. Like, at all, which is ironic because I saw that before this stuff happened. So... Remember the boy I tell you I watch wrestling with all the time. He randomly sent me Impact Plus Turning Point 2020, the the show. Right. So I started watching some of that and uh, cringe, man. I couldn't. I it was. I'm willing to give him a shot because obviously you can't judge a full program off of just one show, whatever the case may be. But right. oh my god, it it was. I didn't finish it, and that's with me skipping like two matches so not impressed okay that's fair fair because uh not a whole lot of people are watching impact uh not just because of its high probability of being able to be unfound uh on television networks which it is i believe it's on axs tv i believe but i know for a fact it's on twitch because that's where i watch it it's on twitch yeah, and, well, if you think so, I have a problem with Rey Mysterio wrestling big guys, don't give me a match where there's like a full-blown midget versus a guy who's like 6'5". It, yes. it just was okay, weird. so that's the one you saw. Okay, there we go. No, it was one of the <laughs> matches. But was I a mean, women's match. No, I meant match like that, that, that so pay-per-view. Cool. I was trying to figure out what was on Turning Point, and then you just said that, and I'm like, oh, now I remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here's the beautiful part about AEW and Impact working together. There's going to be some people involved, and there's going to be some people who are not. So people are like, well, I'm not really that excited about this because the big rumor was is they wanted AEW and New Japan to come up with an arrangement. They've been clamoring for this shit since the doors opened in AEW. The only problem is the guy who was helping run New Japan, none too happy with some of the members of the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, based on how some of that business went down toward the end, and some of the disparaging remarks that New Japan made about the Bucks, 
uh, after they left Japan because the Bucks really thought they were <laughs> big shit. They're like, oh, we're one of the greatest New Japan Tag Team Champions of all time. And they're like, no. <laughs> uh, like we, we won the IWGP tag and the IWGP Junior tag, which I have a photo with them with those belts. Right. And uh, they were like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you won them, but you know, nah, <laughs> just just nah." You know, it was a lot of rumor that without Kenny, they don't know how long those young bucks would have been in New Japan in the fucking first place. But right. I digress. There's been some heat. Well, the guy who they had heat with. It was recently before the before the pandemic or right when the pandemic was really like on fire there. Uh, he got re- he was released. He he resigned. However you want to explain it, he's not there anymore. So people were like, "Oh my God!" As soon as this pandemic thing is over and we're able to fly without the worry of death, uh, well, the mo- the, uh, the more so worry of death than the normal death we're always worried about on planes. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting situation, but it's kind of been up in the air. Right, so now they have a working agreement with Impact, which means it doesn't close the door on an opportunity with New Japan, but it does kind of make it really, in all honesty, unlikely. New Japan kind of already has a sour taste in his mouth from how their relationship with Ring of Honor ended, and I don't think they're opposed to an open relationship with someone, but they're gonna have to really be smart about that. Right. I got excited about AEW with Impact. I, I'm not as excited about AEW and fucking New Japan. Explain why. Okay, so, and this is not me saying that New because Japan... Because out of all this shit you kill, and I get surprised sometimes with some of the shit you kill, the fact that you're telling me you're excited about this, I am very intrigued for any okay. reason. So, let me start with New Japan, because everybody's like, well, AEW and New Japan is a more natural fit. That's because it's familiar. A lot of the guys yeah. who are in AEW competes, either competes currently or competed very recently with New Japan. So those matchups, if you think about it roster wise, they're all gonna be rematches. I've seen this already before. That and I don't think Gato the Booker for New Japan is gonna work very well with Tony Khan over here. It just seems like there's a it's an oil and water situation. Gato needs to be in fucking charge. That's how his shit works. We're gonna be in charge of the situation. And a neophyte, a rookie a greenhorn with the book over here in AEW. He's I don't know how that's going to work philosophically, how that would work right. with the two of them in the room. I'm not even talking about matches or pay-per-views because, like I said, Impact and AEW, they're not going to have a super card anytime soon. But just business relationship-wise, I just don't see those two personalities getting along. If the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and, and, and Omega have problems with New Japan, Tony Khan's going to have a huge fucking problem, right? They're already on thin ice. You know, Tanahashi's been over here, and he's faced all these guys before. Same thing with Okada. I just don't see the interest level. I know there's some teams and in some situations, like a buddy of mine brought up, oh, wouldn't you want Santana Ortiz to go against Gods of Destruction? Sure. You know, there's a couple of matches, I'm sure, in there where I haven't seen it before, so it would be new. But for the most part, it's the same shit, right? Impact and AEW, there's not a whole lot of dream matches with that either. But... Their, some of their strengths, Impact's strengths, are a lot of AEW's weaknesses. For instance, let's start with booking, right? Like I just explained, Tony Khan's new neophyte, right? Gato would, if Tony was to shut the fuck up and listen, he could learn a lot from Gato. I just don't think he will. I think Tony Khan is like, I'm the boss, I sign the checks, 
We're an equal playing field, regardless of how much more success and experience you have. We're the same people. We're going to work together. And it wouldn't work. Yeah, I don't think that's like a – how do I word this? It's not a personality thing. It's more of a being a boss thing, right? Like right. I don't even think it's arrogance for the most no, part. It's no, like I'm not when you that. run a business, you have an idea, and that's the way – you know what I mean? Like, right. But you I'm run not your saying shit, like, you want to run your shit. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it as a negative. I'm just saying for what it is. I don't think it right. would work. No, I'm not saying you are. I just yeah. wanted to like piggyback on I what you're saying. I just don't think it would work. I don't think I don't. And to, and to be honest with you, I don't think Gator would be offended by it. I just right. don't creatively it would work. Whereas Correct. Impact, who has Scott Demore and Don Callis, who are basically heads of creative, and then Sammy Callahan to a degree, one of the talents. But right. it's really Scott Demore and Don Callis. Who I promise you, because I've seen them in person do stuff like this, where it's like they'll be able to get in the room, and they're the kind of people that will come up with a lot of great ideas. But when you walk out of the room, you felt like you came up with the ideas. You understand what I'm saying? They have a beautiful way of meeting in the middle and getting the product that needs to be on front of the camera together. Right. Right, and I think and Tony it, can and, learn and from that. Some worlds, in some worlds, that might be better than. That's what I'm saying. Up. I'm excited about right. Impact in this whole thing because there's so many levels to this. I think right. Tony would be more willing and more susceptible to learning from Scott and Don than he would Gato. He'd learn more from Gato because Gato has more international experience on a success level than these other two have. But these other right. two are really, really good bookers and promoters, and they know what they're talking about. And I think Khan would learn a lot from him. That's on right. the that's on the creative and the booking side. On the business side, obviously, Impact has Impact has absolutely no reach on the market, right? It's extremely hard to find Impact anywhere. It's on TV, but not everywhere. It's on Twitch, but not everybody has Twitch. AEW is on national fucking it's television. It's on Twitch. Yeah, it's on Twitch. I get fucking notifications all the time. It pisses me off. Impact is on Twitch. Yes, Impact is on Twitch. Yes. Hilarious. Okay. Moving so, on. Yeah. So, oh, you weren't there the one time they had a malfunction with the technology and they filmed an episode of Impact on Twitch with a cell phone. You missed that one. That was a hilarious day. Listen, man, the more you talk, the more I, I respect listen, the grind. This, I'm here for it. But that's what I'm saying. Let's go. That's have, some shit. Yo, you tell me that you're you're at this level and you got to record something with a cell phone just yes. to get your product out there? Listen, yes, okay, you got me. I'm on the hook. AEW has a great look. Their facility is fantastic. Their set mm-hmm. is professional. They're on national television, prime time, two hours a week, every fucking week. But... Right. They don't have the talent that Impact has. I know you saw the show and you weren't impressed by some of the matches, but talent-wise, if you take some of that talent and you mix it with the good talent of AEW, you have an abnormal, you have an insane amount of programming that you can put together that would be but entertaining as balls. Doesn't matter if they're not booked properly. But that's why I started with booking because if you mesh those two rosters together and you have those three heads working collectively, you can have a great-looking, spectacular show with that talent. You know what I'm like starting to realize as you talk about AEW? My issue is I don't care. Yeah, they don't do. There's nothing I don't. It's not that none of these like these guys aren't talented. They actually have quite a bit of talent here. Yeah, I just don't care. Like I'm just watching just to watch. There's nothing that's like pulling me in. I'm not 
like crazy hype about well, here's the problem. something except for the last main event of the last pay-per-view. That one I actually like I was pulled in for that, but they need more of that. It's twofold. They don't have a booker who puts them in the right position. And no disrespect, but I'll, I'll say about 75% of that roster doesn't have the ability in the ring and on the mic to get you to care. If John Maxley didn't wrestle for a month and just shot promos for four weeks, on the fifth week, you'd be dying to see his fucking match. If That's what, that's what any, it felt like it was right, for a full year. If you take a <laughs> random mid-card guy from AEW, I don't know, Cabana, right? Who's a veteran, 20 years in the business. If Cabana got on the mic for four weeks, you would forget he's wrestling on the fifth. Oh, God, please don't do that to me. But that's what I'm saying. They, it's twofold. The booker doesn't know where to put him, and the talent doesn't know where to put themselves. It's lost. There's no guidance. That's why a Demore and a Callus would be. Do huge. you think it's a little bit of a free for all? Like maybe because it's of designed the booker, to be a free it, for all. It's des- well, that's designed that way. But my Rest point is, is that it's not. It's it's like the guys, the bookers, and stuff like that. You're saying are fairly new or whatever the case may be. Right. And then like, you have these wrestlers that are like fucking twenty years deep. It's. Do you think like these guys are just paying them no mind at all? Like they have a Mickey Mouse title and they're just gonna go out and do whatever the fuck they want? You think there's no order or structure? I think there's structure. I'm, I'm and, asking. No, I think there's order and I think there's structure. The problem is, is that the structure is flimsy, meaning the the, the 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 there's ways around certain things, right? Right. They want to encourage creativity. That's a big thing for them. We don't want to stifle any creativity. We want. As long as what you're pitching can fit within the structure of what we're trying to accomplish, we would love to incorporate it. The problem is, is this is the this is the parents talking to children. It's like I want my son to learn independence. So two nights a week, I let my son choose his own dinner, which is fantastic if the child is responsible and smart and realizes that he needs nutrition and he needs this and he's able to do this. That's fantastic. But if you have kids who here eat whatever you want, so every Tuesday and Thursday, they eat a cake and Skittles sandwich for dinner every fucking night. It's not fucking good, okay? It's not fucking fantastic. They have talent, but the talent, a lot of the talent they have is fairly new to the big stage, and they're not experienced enough to say, this is what I need to do. No, I don't want to do that goofy shit. I'm going to do this. Or, I like your idea, but can we spin it this way so it fits more toward my character? They just, they either pitch goofy ideas that just get put on TV because I don't want to stifle creativity. Or they get told to do something and they're shitty at it, so now they're looked at like, well, they're not really that talented. We made a mistake. Instead Mm. of how, you know, I gave this to him. He couldn't pull it off. Let's try something else. Let's correct this. Let's fix this. They just go, I just guess he's bad then. Because that's the problem. When the WWE, when you do something shitty, you can blame the WWE. Hey, he scripted this. Hey, he put me here. Hey, he made me film that. You can't do that in AEW. This is the problem with freedom. Because it's on you now. You left the WWE because you wanted freedom. There were so many WWE superstars who were like, I just want to be released. I don't want to be here anymore. And then they go somewhere else and they suck. All right, well, it wasn't the WWE then. It was you. You were garbage. And you just couldn't face the fact. So with that being said, do you feel like this TNA collaboration is going to help that? Yes, because Impact has a lot of experienced veteran talent. 
right. who will be able to get into the AEW locker room. And they're active. They're performers. It's not like, you know, because a lot of people were like, well, they have so many veteran talents, you know, Jerry Lynn and Aaron Anderson and DDP, all these veterans who are in the locker room. How come none of these guys are talking to the talent? I'm sure they're talking to the talent every day. But the t- it's like when you it's like your grandpa knows everything that you're going to go through. Right. He's experienced life. But when he's telling it to you, you go, OK, grandpa, cool, whatever. All right. You just don't know what it's like to live in the 2020s. OK. Right. But when you got a guy who's wrestling right now, who's within your age, who's looking at you going, you're doing stupid shit. Do this. They will listen to it better. That's why the, you've, you've, you've been involved with sports. You've heard the term player coach. No, who has more respect on the team than the player coach? This is the, the Kevin Garnett to the world who are going to look at you and be like, I'm going to go on the court and I'm going to drop 40, okay? You can ride with this and do it the right way or you can sit your ass on the bench. That's the kind of leadership I'm talking about. The Eric Youngs, the Eddie Edwards of Impact, the, the Sammy Callahans are going to be able to come into this locker room and they go, stop that goofy shit. This is what we're going to do because this is the shit that gets over. So you think they're not getting that from the Cody's and the Jericho's and the Young Bucks that are in that locker room right now? I don't. I because I because Cody, the Young Bucks, and Omega have put themselves in a lose lose situation, right? By announcing to the world that they are EVPs, that they're executive vice presidents, that means everything that they do as wrestlers is going to be negated. If the young like the Young Bucks are the tag team champs, well, they're only the tag champs because they're the vice presidents. Kenny Omega is the world champ. Ah, he's only the champ because he's the president. Never mind you that these three individuals are three of the most over-talents that the world has seen in the last five years. Minimum. Could be more. Right? That's 100% true. It, puts, a, it Cody, puts an asterisk in Cody for forever in WWE was considered one of the most underappreciated of all time talents, blah, blah, blah. Stardust and all Every time you gave him a gimmick, he overcame, right? That was Cody's reputation. He's a good hand, a great wrestler. He can take any gimmick and make it work. Dashing, mustache, paper bags, face, everything. Everything they did to this fucking guy, and he made it work. He made it a thousand percent. So when he leaves, you go, okay, he's going to be a fucking star. And then he becomes the executive vice president of a company. He gives himself an entrance like a god. He, tr- he puts himself in the position people thought he should be in. But now, because he's the EVP, he's only in that position because he's an EVP. Yeah, because it, but dude, yes, and there will always be people like that. But I'm not someone who thinks like that. So right. if I'm telling you that it feels like he's being extra with it, I'm sure there are tons of other people who feel that way. Yes, you deserve it. Yes, you're in this position. Yes, you're always going to be what people go to and look at in this company. But the it's just the little things, the way he's going about it. Something as small as, hey, you lost the belt. Why are you coming out after the champion and not before the champion? I, that little thing instantly resonated with me when I know when I saw that. Why is the champion in the ring waiting for you to come in? He should be the last one out. He's the champ. And so yes, those little things when you do that, and you announce that you're whatever VP, super owner, whatever the heck you want to call it of the company. Yes, people who don't think like me, who are maybe a little bit more simple when it comes to thought processes like people on social media and shit like that, they're instantly going to say, well, you're only there because of who you are. 
That's just the way it works. Right, and they've been burned so many times by their bosses and their employees. 100%. They don't want to do that to the guys. So that's why I'm telling you, I don't feel like they're walking over to these guys and they're like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't uh, No, I get a different that. feeling. I get the feeling. And you know they what? They want to be friends. They want to be cool with everybody. This is why I don't want to – I I am killing AEW right now a little bit, and I – I know later on, if things get better, people are going to be like, oh, you know, you switch up, whatever the case may be. But I feel like they've been burned so many times that it's just like, you know what? I'm going to drink this in for, for right now. It could be very well just be a phase and things will change. So I don't blame that they want to be the best entrance and be the guy and always be on the, the screen when the belt's involved or talk about. Like, I don't blame them for it. But at the same time, when you're trying to build something and you made all these promises about building people up and it doesn't feel like you're doing that, there's a way to do both. And it just feels like they're leaning way too far on one side of just like making themselves look really, really good and not polishing the talent around them. Because although their matches are nice and it's really nice to see them, the stuff before them is just it's it's getting a little boring. Yeah, the stuff before them, the stuff after them, sometimes on some occasions, depending on how you want to look at it, like it they're they're consistent. Every time their matches happen, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to see. Uh, Cody probably has some of the best matches on the show every week. Kenny can be, you know, Kenny on occasion, and then there's sometimes when he's not. The Bucks are the Bucks. It's the same. It's it's they're going to be the same, but they're supposed to be the same. That's what they do. They need the other talents around them to be the extra something different, and they're not. Right. And that's where you got your problem. I I when I first started thinking about this relationship i started thinking to myself i was like because i know for a fact they're not going to be able to resist the impact tag team champions the good brothers luke gallows carl anderson former bullet club members with the young bucks who are the current aew tag team champions so i just you can smell it coming uh this whole bullet club i don't know how much of the, about the bullet club you're aware of but uh, this whole Bullet Club combination, Kenny Omega, former leader of the Bullet Club. I mean, there's a lot of connections going on there. So I started thinking in my head because somebody brought it up to my attention. They were like, dude, you know how many good matchups we can get out of this? And I was like, what? Who? What matchups are you talking about? So I sat down for a second. I was like, what kind of matchups would I myself be interested in seeing if there were? And believe it or not, I came up with quite a few. And I was stunned. I was like, okay. Alrighty. So I'll just real quick. The one the only first of all, I wrote down matches I wouldn't mind seeing. Like this would be fun to watch, you know. This would be pretty cool. I only have one match on here that was a guaranteed take my fucking money, please. Right. Please take my fucking money. John Moxley and Sammy Callahan absolutely one hundred percent has to fucking happen. The Callahan Death Machine and fucking Mox need to do this one more round, brother. I need to see the reunion. In a fight, by the way, not tag team reunion. I want to see these two motherfuckers promo and kill each other. I want them to promo each other for eight weeks. I don't want them to touch. Just do promos for forever and then fight. And I'm ready to go. I want to see Sammy Callahan, John Moxley. That's a must. That has to happen. The champions, Omega and Swan, Rich Swan. I thought that would be very interesting. Champion versus champion. I already mentioned the Bucks and the Good Brothers. Tag champs versus tag champs. I didn't notice until I started going through this because I just figure champion versus champion, right? That 
Impact doesn't have a secondary championship. It has the X Division title, which is a who's supposed to be a lightweight deal, even though they always win. No limits. So shut the fuck up. You're a cruiserweight title. What you Am I wrong for thinking every time I thought of that belt, I thought of like Intercontinental Champion? X like Division? that equivalent? The X Division title? Yeah. I mean, that's how it was treated. Definitely. That's the way I felt treated. about it when I yeah. heard it. Not to say anything bad about it. I'm just saying. No, like, it's, it was the I never saw it as like a heavyweight belt. No, X Division is specifically for the smaller guys. For the cruiserweights. For the cruiserweights. For the fly X yeah. division. For the flying guys. That's what we right. really they changed that around as we started getting heavier. Like when Joe won it, it was like, wow, the X division really means no limits. Yeah, okay. It, they, <laughs> they just wanted Joe to beat up all the smaller guys so he can get over. Blah blah. blah. But uh, so I just realized that because they had secondary titles after the X division, but they don't now. It's just the X division. So I was like, all right. So their current champion, Rue Heat, I guess, would go against uh, Darby Allen. And then I was like, all right, well, those are the champions. What else can I play with here? And the first match that came to mind. Because I tried to book this shit not once, not twice, but Dave, three times I tried to go into my pocket or into the pocket of others if I could and mm. find the money to put this match together. But I never could. I could never. The stars never aligned. I got really close one time and then it became a scheduling issue. And I just never got it to happen. But with this merger... It would be able to happen. And that's the Motor City Machine Guns against Ortiz and Santana. Mm. And I would, I'm would, i begging for that fucking match to happen. Now, this is a, a different era than when I tried to book it. But, you know, Ortiz and Santana... Man, I got to really tread lightly on this one. But look, they're, they're doing fantastic on AEW. They're doing all right. Five-star match in the parking lot brawl. But I just, they're hardly ever used. In, in I was going to say, I don't see them much. On, yeah. the offside, on the offside, one wrestles and the other one doesn't. I don't think yet, unless I missed it, because I think I missed maybe one AEW show so far. Um, I haven't really seen them in a match together. No, they haven't. I mean, they've had a few matches here and there, but they're not really utilized a lot. Every time they're utilized, it's good shit. I, I like it, but it, it's... I don't see them often. And then the funny part bias. is... You're biased. Yeah, the funny part you is, too... think that because they're your friends. Yeah, and the funny... And the funny well, the, uh, wait, 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 wait. I only think they're not being used because they're my friends. I don't see them on the TV. <laughs> got him, boys. I got him. Look at <laughs> him. They're He's not on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to ignore it, but he couldn't. It was rusty in his cerebellum. <laughs> And in, an impact when they were LAX, they were used. I mean, they were on TV every fucking week, and they were the hot spot. So I don't know if this merger happens if they can go back there as Santana and Ortiz, or can they use LAX again? Like, how would that work? I don't know how that works out with the technicality. I'm we're still trying to figure all this shit out. But that was definitely one of the matches that was on my fucking head. Nyla Rose versus Jordan Grace, the two, the two thick women just going at it. Uh, for some reason. Hikaru Shida versus Sue Young came to mind. Have you seen Sue Young, the Undead Bride? I think she was in that show I watched. Okay, she's she's dope. She's like super hard rock. She's got uh, face paint and everything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. Game. I think I saw her. She was she was interesting, but it wasn't a tag match with the girl who takes selfies and stuff. It's all about me or some crap like that. Yeah. 
she wasn't really fun to watch, so I kind of skipped that. Hold on one second. I have to get a plug. Yeah, so I had a few matches where, like, uh, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Edwards, I was very interested in and loved the possibility. I don't, think, I don't think those two have ever met, so I thought that was pretty cool. Cody Rhodes and Eric Young. I got to make that happen. Finally, a, a true heel for Cody Rhodes to feed off of. God damn it. Finally. Because I test nothing about this. You get some real face heel matchups. None of this. Anybody could be whatever they want to be in AEW garbage. Some real faces and some heels going at mm-hmm. old school wrestling. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. It should be good for the locker room to see and feed off of, man. Yes, I think man, that's, man. that's another thing that's kind of missing. AEW seems good. It's just, it's missing something. It's like there's an oomph, something that, that's missing in, in the matches that would be really nice for them to kind of get to feed off of. So There you go. See? So there you go. Uh, we talked about Impact AEW here. Uh, we, we've knocked out a few things, actually. So that's pretty good. We had a very... Oh, oh. So all in all, you're, you're excited about this. Yeah. I'm excited about this. You know, you know what it is too. You know, as far as because you just reminded me when you said that the um, when people say that they wanted the New Japan AEW relationship. You know, who what I really thought of when they first announced AEW and Impact, and people were like, "Well, I'd rather see New Japan." You know, how I would rather see New Japan with mm. WWE. Now, before people look at me and go, uh, "AJ, that's never going to happen." Hold your horses, because. Triple H was just asked recently about the business relationship between AEW and Impact. And mm. Triple H gave the company line, sure, we're open to business, whatever. And you know what? They're not entirely wrong because they've done this before in the past. I was going to say, didn't they do a thing where there was like a week or two or a couple where they were like bringing in wrestlers from New Japan? They had like one match Back on Back in Raw? the day. Yes, absolutely. They okay. had a relationship. Okay. With New okay. Japan in the past. They've also had relationships with ECW. They've had relationships with Ring of Honor. They've had relationships with Evolve. They've had relationships with ICW over in uh, in England. They have had relationships. This whole idea that people are like, wow, WWE would never do it. But they have. Mm-hmm. Very recently, they have. Evolve was just another example of that. They've Now, when people say, well, they have business relationships, but it wasn't like... On the fan end, where they did anything for us, where we had matches, but not true. Because WWE had relationships with Evolve, and they sent WWE talent to Evolve. Now, some of those talents they sent used to be Evolve guys, but not all of them. Shree Profits, Velveteen Dreams, but there were a few people that they sent. Uh, Prince Pretty, they sent Tyler Breeze to Evolve as special attraction matches. They've done this before. Mm -hmm. It's not too far out of the realm of possibility. Now, the problem is, the hitch is... In those situations, the WWE was always kind of the alpha. And in this situation, yes, the WWE would still technically be the alpha. It's the most successful wrestling company in the world. But New Japan is a very solid and very close number two. And just like Gato, when I told you Khan and his relationship might not work because Khan would want to still be seen as an equal, you think for one second Vince McMahon is going to look at Gato and go, yeah, kid, go ahead, do what you want to do. That's not going to fucking happen. But Mm -mm. I can see Gato bending his philosophy just a little bit for the great and powerful Vince McMahon. And I can see Vince McMahon dealing with it so long as he doesn't have to deal with it. And what I mean by that is, is if Triple H is the one talking to Gato, this is Mm -hmm. a much different conversation. Right. And I can see a relationship between NXT and New Japan long before I can see, you know, a WWE thing. Now, if 
there's big money to be made there, especially during this COVID situation where they've lost so much interest on their product. If there was ever a time to make this happen, it would be now. And you want to talk about matchups from the WWE roster to New Japan. Now you've got some fresh matchups that I'm very intrigued to watch. I would mm-hmm. love to see current heel reigns against an Okada. I would love to see Orton against Tanahashi. I know we've got one of their greats on our side, which would be Shinsuke. But Shinsuke, but Shinsuke and Cesaro against the Gods of Destruction, I'm with that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different matchups and a lot of different directions, a talent swap or maybe even some business. Because, you know, WWE has kind of been spitting in their pool over there by trying to get a, you know how they have an NXT UK. They're trying to get a, NXT Mexico and an NXT Japan off the ground. And if they that would actually be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, but here's the problem. New Japan's got that island on lock. Lock. Okay? If they want to... because Dave, when I say lock, I mean when Kenny Omega left New Japan, he lost his Japan, Japan privileges. They were like, no, he can't come to this airport. I don't want him breathing Japanese air. He can't be here. That's it. It's that like they lock, homie, lock. <laughs> That's it. The tradition and the legacy and the pedigree of New Japan over there, and it's ridiculous. They they have, they got power. Okay, you don't exist in that area unless they allow it. So, right. you need to be in the position to have them allow it. If mm-hmm. New Japan is in the position to make money off of this, if this right. is a deal that you can put together, not even for a WWE brand. But an NXT brand that is now established and New Japan definitely respects. Because remember, for those of you who forgot, I was in the building when it happened. Part of Jushin Liger's farewell run, he was sent to NXT. He had the match with Tyler Breeze and the Barclays Center in Brooklyn for TakeOver. I was there. Mm-hmm. So if you think that New Japan and WWE can't have a working relationship, you're a fool. This has happened before. Fool. You're a fool. And uh, and that's I mean if there was ever a time to pull the trigger on that, this would be this would be the time. Now I'm not saying do it because AEW and Impact merged. I think <laughs> I think Vince laughs at the idea if he, if he's even been told yet. I wonder if Vince even knows this is happening, and if he if, if he was told if he cares. But if you told him, listen, because of this situation, because of their business relationship, it's really gotten conversation started and there might be some interesting financial areas for us to go into if we were to open our doors a little further than we already have. Would you be interested? And I think there's a conversation to be made. 2021 is going to be a big year, not just for wrestling, but I think for business altogether. Because I think business took a huge hit economically in 2021. I mean, in 2020, across the board. This Mm -hmm. COVID thing fucked everybody up. Everybody's business is fucked up. So in 2021, if you're a consumer, get ready to have your asshole licked from top to bottom. Because this this upcoming year, I promise you, is going to be the year of please come back. Okay? Everyone's going to, mom and pops, brands, everybody. The only people sitting there laughing and chuckling like Zangief is Amazon. They made money regardless. But everybody else is still fucking suffering. So I think I think the wrestling business is going to go the same way. It's going to be so many people looking for opportunities, so many opportunities to be had. Uh, that it's just you can't not have this conversation. Even if they don't do it, you got to have the conversation. There's got to be somebody who gets on a conference call and just goes, "Listen, what can be done? What are we interested in doing? How do we make that happen?" Because if not, then forget it. We'll just go about our business. But 
is there an opportunity on the table? Can we discuss mm-hmm. that? So let's see. If AEW and Impact can get that together, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there for that. So I, real I quick, because when I read it, when I read it, I read it as like a big fat no. <laughs> Just he said it in a nice way. But in what scenario could both of them benefit? New Japan and, and, and NXT or WWE? He said business is right. Right. You can do something. But in what scenario would business be right? They this sounds small, but it would be huge and it would be huge for both. If New Japan was to tell Triple H, we're gonna let you do the NXT thing here. We'll give you, you know, well not give, because you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, we'll give, we'll like, give you the space. We'll give you the space, quote unquote, right? You, because you know, NXT is going to do their due diligence. They're going to want a facility. They're going to want to build basically a performance center because that's what they got going at UK. They're using I was ICW or Progress. I can't remember which one it was. They're using their facility as an official WWE performance center. There, they obviously have ours in Florida, and they're looking into areas down in Mexico to do it over there. The problem is that is that when you're an NXT superstar. Just like with WWE, you have a contract stating you work for the WWE, you know, pretty much only and emphatically. And we talked about this last week with the union thing. So if for 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 WWE to get a win out of this, if they do expand and they do want to expand over there, which I think they they would make a ton of money in Japan. Uh, the the wrestling over there is fantastic. Not everybody who wrestles in Japan wrestles for New Japan. So there's already a talent pool that you can pull from. You can train your own students from over there. There's a bunch of people who would spend a bunch of money to be to be the first trainees for the NXT. There's just money to be made there. Now, for New Japan, New Japan has been trying for two straight years, up until COVID, shut everything down, to expand to, this, to the United States. They have an IWGP United States Championship. They have done shows here in America, Dallas, Texas. They did a run. They did a run in Los Angeles. They've done the MSG show here in New York when they combined with Ring of Honor. They put their product on the AXS TV channel along with Impact because they were trying to gain some footing here in America on the TV side of things. They've been making attempts, but nothing has been consistent. The venues in which they were using overseas uh, overseas here, uh, the states they chose to land in were commissioned states, which means they need licensing, which is costly. They have to run production. It's a pain in the ass. The venues get closed down. The venue, it's, it's a whole mess. So... If they happen to have a liaison working for them in the States to help them solidify that expansion just a little bit, because the whole deal, WWE tries to stop everybody from existing. They that's f- what I'm saying. They because f- what you were, that's the first thing every time. Mind is Vince wouldn't want that. He wouldn't Vin- want see, that's the to thing. come over. Vince, Vince tries to shut everybody down, but he fails every time. Everybody he's tried to defeat is still alive. He tried to kill TNA, still alive. He tried to kill Ring of Honor, still alive. He tried to kill this person. He tried to kill that person. And in the end, he ended up working with them. He works with these companies now to a degree. There's talent exchanges. You know, I don't know how many people are paying attention to this, but all those specials, those documentaries that you guys are watching out there, when you guys see like an AJ video or, or a Bobby Roode video or whatever, and they show footage from TNA, you know how they get that? They pay impact. They pay them to use the footage or to use the the foot the, the photos. They have the same thing whenever they bring when Shinsuke came in. 
They were using a mm-hmm. lot of New Japan footage. You know how they got that? They paid for it. Right. So the mentality has changed. Yeah, but that's not working with someone. That's just buying it. It's still... How, dude, you... <laughs> It's not That's, the same. It's, it's not the same, but it's huge for him because he would have never done that before in the past. This is all new. This is all relatively yeah, across the past four That's years, still a years. power move. That's. I get what you're saying. How is it a power move? Because he's buying it. Okay, he's he. When, when it's you, not like look, I do this for you. You do this for me. It's like, hey, I'm cutting this thing. I need your footage. Here's someone you can't say no to. Thank you. Have a nice right, day. Right, but that's he's why I started. That's why I started with what he's getting first. Right, because it's not like he's paying, or it's not like he's giving New Japan an opportunity in the states, and he's just gonna feel he's just a good guy about it. He's doing this because he's gonna make money in their fucking place. You understand what I'm saying? He's gonna make a good chunk of money where they're at. If anything, I'll make a strong argument right now. Vince will probably make more money in Japan then New Japan will make money here. Because New Japan's brand and style, I don't think, works here the way that it works over there. But you I do. Please does? But I, yeah, I do. Because oh, their product because their product is more general. Their product is more entertainment-based. Their product is more cartoony. It's more TV-related. People, right. This is the land of Hello Kitty and, and all kinds of crazy shit. They love the goofy shit WWE does. Like Not WWE everybody loves the type of wrestling New Japan does. What WWE does, if you then implement Japanese culture, it'll work. Right. The, the One of the most famous promotions in Japan right now is DDT. They're straight comedy, bro. Straight comedy. Very few wrestling. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous how over-the-top their comedy is. But they they make a lot of money over there. There's an audience for that. And I'm not saying right. WWE's going to be that. But if you take one company that's super comedy and New Japan who's super strict in pro wrestling, WWE is right in the middle. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me there's not a market for that. But You can hit both ends. Right, you can hit both ends. Whereas New Japan, if they come here, that's a very limited audience that's going to watch New Japan. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a very li- There's not a lot of wrestling fans who are, are in to New Japan the way that the hardcores are. Right. Casual wrestling fans are not going to give a shit about New Japan. Now, if New mm-hmm. Japan came here and switched it up on us and started incorporating more entertainment-based material or characters, stuff like that, that might be a different ballgame. If they were to change with the audience, that, that could be really interesting. But, what, but in doing that, would they lose their core audience? Because there's a lot of American fans that do. You're on the internet. You're on Facebook from time to time. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you're if you're on Facebook and you don't like New Japan, you might as well deactivate your shit because you're about to get trolled for forever. <laughs> right? I can't even go on there and be like, yeah, I wasn't too hyped on Wrestle Kingdom. What? You mean you didn't you didn't set your alarm for 3 a.m. to watch a Wrestle Kingdom for the next six hours? What, are you kidding me? No, dude, because I have a life and a wife to fuck and a bills to pay and all kinds of shit going on. I don't have the time to wait till two in the morning to watch six hours of multi-man matches, and then at the end of it, an Okada match. I don't have all day for that. Right. But that's what I'm saying. They would have to. They would have to be changes. You can't bring that New Japan product the way that it is there, which for me is good. I enjoy it, but I'm a hardcore. But when you bring it here, business-wise, I just don't. It's I, they will make money here. There's enough American here, Americans here, to sustain them financially. But as far as expanding and becoming a power, something that would normally make WWE afraid, 
They're like, well, I don't want to welcome them here, and then they fight me for my top position. I don't think they will. If right. AEW can't, and they're from here, I don't think New Japan can. I think New Japan will do well, but I don't think New Japan will surpass the WWE. They can't. WWE is too far ahead of everybody to be caught up with. The right. only time people will catch up is when Vince is finally dead. Because when Vince dies and Triple H takes over, he's going to be more friend than foe. And that's going to be the end of the WWE at that point. Because then he's just going to be another one of the companies, and they won't be special anymore, and that'll be over. Wrestling will be officially dead then. Because then it'll all be the same shit. Everybody will be doing the same stuff. They'll all look the same and whatever. Right now, the WWE is the big bad dad in the house. He's the one who always says no. No. No, 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 no. And everyone hates him, and they don't appreciate him until he's gone. And then they go, oh, fuck. This is what we had, and we fucked it up. Right. Well, uh, the the only all that sounds nice, but the main thing is convincing him everything you just said, <laughs> which I don't think anybody will. So fuck it. No, so. I'll send this clip that we just did here directly to him in his personal email and see if that'll get him talking. If yeah, I, that's gonna get the if, moving. If if I if I can give if I'm the one who convinces Vince to do a deal with New Japan, everybody has to buy a shirt. Literally that, everybody. Listen, all right. So I we're going to cut that and not put that out there because if you pull off one of the things everyone in the world wants, I think I want a little more than just the buying your fucking <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a, a, a slot on the commentating team or something? Yeah, there you go. Aim high, man. Aim there high you go. Just buy my shirt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, trying to get a shirt. Well, speaking of it. aiming high, we're going to end this show on a high note because I've got a special announcement to make. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I've got a very special announcement to make. But before I do, can you can you hear that familiar sound out there, folks? Oh, a familiar sound. Dems is jingle bells. Oh, yeah. I think this is all bells. Let's get the head. Yes, it's all bells. I did not plan this well enough. Okay, anyway. So we have a special announcement to make that... On December 19th, and that's an ad, Just which is the queue yeah. for this was a bad idea. And we're going to go two weeks. Two weeks it's from all today. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's like a house made out of two toothpicks. Uh, two weeks from tonight, December 19th, 7 p.m., we are back live. We will be live for my second, Dave's first or CD's Uncensored Mind, Christmas as Fuck Extravaganza. I have to send you, I think I sent you the link already, for the first Xmas as Fuck Extravaganza. It was a hoot nanny. We had live music. We That's had, it. we had, uh, 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 we told some Christmas tales. We had mm. a, a debate last year about whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie. It was a whole deal. Actually, I want to bring that back because. A new challenger has entered the field. People are really arguing about Batman Returns being a Christmas film. And I, I was like, I, I, I guess if I'm a diehard guy, I got to co-sign this. But I guess, I guess everybody's like, well, then Lethal Weapon's a Christmas. We're going to have to expand on oh, that God. conversation that we had before. But it was basically a lot of Christmas-related stuff, obviously. Talk some Christmas wrestling-related stuff, some Christmas uh, movie stuff. It was really cool. I'm going to have a bunch of different topics this time around. Uh, I had three guests last time. I'm obviously going to have you. I'm thinking of adding a third just for the just to keep the conversation a little smaller than having the chaotic four 
Um, just three should be good, I guess, for this. We'll do some Christmas stuff. I still have my Christmas sweater and hat from last year. So I'm going to be dressed out. My tree is up, so I'm going to move my camera to my tree. It's going to be dope. Last year, I didn't have a... I did my. I wasn't able to do live from my home last year, so I went to a studio. So I had to bring a tree with me. So I brought. Ah. A, I brought a paper one that we designed up. It was dope. But this year's mm -hmm. gonna have a real tree. The real. The realness behind me is gonna be dope. So that's December nineteenth. We're live again, seven p.m. Uh, we're gonna be live for two hours, and we're gonna do our Christmas is fuck extravaganza. I'm gonna have some uh, different topics and different things for us to do and talk about. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have some hot cocoa with me. It's gonna be dope. Uh, I'm trying to get another song. That would be dope. Uh, if I can get another singer on here, that'd be cool. We'll figure that out. Uh, but that's all going down December 19th, 7 p.m. Uh, for Christmas is fuck. I hope you're gonna be ready for Christmas is fuck. Explain that again. What do you mean song? I had a singer. I opened up the show last year. Julian, I forgot his last name. Sorry, Julian, but his name was Julian. He he sang, uh, what was that? Rock Around the Christmas Tree. Yeah, da, 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 da. He sang it. He, yeah. We did, we did a fucking, we did a musical open, bro. It was a Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> I doubt I can pull it off. But I can <laughs> I'm not asking for you to sing. Like, I said. No, 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 not me. I said maybe, maybe I could try to get Nora to do it. Ooh, I'm down for that. Cause she is, she can, she can actually sing. Oh, okay. Like for real, she doesn't. She gets nervous like doing it in front of people, but so maybe she, she can, can do it off camera <laughs> or whatever she wants yeah, to do. Record it and we can play it. Oh, that. Oh, you know what? That also works. You can do that. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. That works. And we'll I'll work on it. We got, we got two weeks. We'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year, uh, when I did it, he sang. He sang the song live, but he used the instrumental on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I got flagged because of the, the copyright for the, <laughs> for the instrumental. So, like, we were live, and we got the email, oh, you can't be monetized for your shit. I'm like, fuck you, bro. It's Christmas. So, yeah, yeah it was cool. So, But, yeah, we can work on that. Yeah, yeah, figure that out. Get that done and send that over to me. That'd be cool. Um, that's Christmas as fuck. That's two weeks from tonight, December 19th. But I got a surprise for Dave because he didn't know this. I saved this oh. one for the show. Okay. That's two weeks from tonight. Yeah. Next week. We still have a show next week. I don't know if you mm -hmm. knew that. That is true. Yes, we do have a show next week. And I've decided to bring an old concept back okay. that I haven't used in a while. And now that I've got you on the show, it's perfect. It it's, is. Yes, it's referred to as the lightning round. round, oh. round, round Ooh, I remember round. that. <laughs> yes. The lightning round. I can't do it without the hold on. The lightning round. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, the lightning round was a segment, not even a segment, it was a whole episode that I put together where I would take 15 topics on a particular subject. I would give myself three minutes to rant upon them. And then uh, that, that's pretty much the show. And I try to get as creative as I can with my promo skills. And uh, I talk some shit or positive, depending on how you want to do it. Uh, about the uh, the topics at hand, it's fifteen topics. The topics are chosen at random, uh, even so that even the person because I was doing it myself, right? So I did it randomly so that I would surprise myself. Uh, but I've got you now. I have a co-host. So what I want to do is next week I want to do another lightning. I really can't. Okay, lightning for for next week, uh, and I want you to host it. You're going to okay. host it. Normally, I send you a, run, a rundown sheet before each episode or whatever. Uh, okay. This week, 
no rundown sheet. The whole entire episode is going to be the lightning round. It's the 15 questions. I will have the timer in front of me, but I will also send you, just in case, I'll just send you the link where I got the timer from. And uh, just so we can keep track of everything that we're doing. And then, uh, yeah, so I want 15 questions. And they will be questions of your choice. If I remember correctly, the lightning round was completely, or was that a different segment? Random ass questions, like completely random? Or is it about something specific? Uh, they, I've, I've done both. Uh, originally, when I started the lightning round, they were, it was a variety. It was all over the place. And uh, I thought it would be more fun or more challenging, I should say, uh, to start making them specific. Uh, for this lightning round, this would be, if I can go back into my notes here, I do believe this would be, if we did it next week, me and you, that would be the fifth lightning round. If I'm not sure, I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Can you guys hear that when it goes bullying? Yes, we can. Oh. <laughs> little inside. Yes, so I think it's the fifth one, right? So... For the ones that, yep, I've got four. They debut the lightning round. Lightning round two. Uh, hold on a second. Yes, I have the debut of the lightning round. Lightning round two. Lightning round three. Even lightninger, and <laughs> lightning no. round four. Newsfeed overload. The third and the fourth one is where it got like really specific, like on a specific topic. But the last one was episode one nineteen, so it has been quite a while. So I'm going to leave it to you. Do you want to do a specific topic, or do you want it literally all over the fucking place? Uh, it, what's it's whatever you want to do. Like, is there? So you would just ask completely random questions. I'm trying to remember them. To be honest, you create with you, 15 been, questions, oh. and then you have either pieces of paper or however you want to do it. You ask them randomly, and then I will answer the question in the three minute time frame that we have. Good enough. And I guess just for the sake of the fact that this is the first time that we're doing it together, go ahead and leave it open. Whatever it is you want to discuss, I don't care what it is. Gotcha. We'll work on some stuff. Go work on some stuff. So do not send me the questions. I do not want to know what the questions are. I'm not going to. Huh? I'm not going to. Okay, yeah. So no rundown sheet this week. We'll do our... uh, Actually, once the episode is over, if you're going to write your notes down, like put them on Word, send me the the questions and stuff after because I like to save the rundowns. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So episode 168 in the books now. I got to get a a drop for that. I want to put it in the books. I'm going to get a book thing. Uh, You sent me a link for some awesome stuff as far as visuals go. I'm putting that together. I'm getting some new audio. 2021, that first episode out of the gate, January. This whole show is going to be spanking new. It's going to Ooh, be you got some ideas? Oh, uh, I got some things in the works already. Some, nice. some new music is being done. Some uh, new visual stuff's going to be done. It's going to be pretty cool stuff. I got you on the show now, so I'm trying to, like, spiffy it up. So it Ooh. Be, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wait, what stuff did I send you? No, not what not stuff that you sent me. I said your existence, you being here, oh, has okay. inspired the idea of taking the show into different creative looks. So they were changing up the sounds and shit. You know, loving it. Loving it. Up. Alex is recording some new material for my endings and stuff, so we're good to go. 
Oh boy, I'm excited. I know because he's coherent as shit now. I want him to. St- I want him to talk very collegiate, very professional. Mm, very pompous, like very pompous. Yeah, put, put a put a top hat on him. It'll work. <laughs> work to the top. Yes, bully. All right, <laughs> I gotta go pretend to be a dead for a little while longer. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing, and of course, thank you all for enjoying. You see, if I slow it down, I nail it every time. If I slow it down, this is good. So there we go. Okay, so thank you guys for enjoying. We'll see you next week. 100 episodes, now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.